0: And oh yeah, by the way, did I mention there's dog cloning in this?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to Sincast, presented by CinemaSins.
0: This episode of CineCast is brought to you by Mubi, a curated online cinema streaming exceptional films from around the globe. Each day, Mubi introduces a new gem and you have one month to watch it. From cult classics to acclaimed masterpieces, every film is hand-selected by experts. Go to Mubi.com slash CinemaSins for your special offer. Alright everybody, welcome to the CineCast. This is Chris Atkinson from CinemaSins, joined as always by the voice of CinemaSins, Jeremy Scott. That's me! And from mu- music video sins, music from music video sins, Barrett Share. Music, hello. Woo-hoo. Yes, we have, we're, we're doing a different thing this month. It's all cow related <laughs> songs. Um, Today we're going to go back on our road trip. road trip. On the road again, the most time honored tradition of all the road trip. Oh, the places you'll go. Are we
2: there yet? No. Are we there yet?
0: No. Are we there yet? No. There yet? no. There yet? no. Speaking of cows that's right <laughs> we're gonna be going to wisconsin oh i love wisconsin which for i thought for some reason there'd be more in this in the state mm-hmm. and i think it's just because of you know green bay maybe and milwaukee and there's like uh, a thing laverne and shirley yeah no yeah. i
1: actually uh i think because we're going to get to a few tv shows at the end of this too i think that's why I thought so, too, is Mm -hmm. that because you've seen it in serial format and stuff like that 70s show and Laverne and Shirley and Happy Days and stuff like that, that it's just out there in the the ether and uh, apparently not a whole hell of a lot of movies in there. But I love Wisconsin. Yeah, man. Used to go up there when we lived in Chicago. You know, it's basically an hour drive to Kenosha and to Lake Geneva, and it's just awesome. That's where my family's from, too, half of my family. Mm -hmm. No wonder you're a Green Bay Packers fan. That's right. I've never been. You never been? No, despite
2: all the years I spent in northeastern Illinois and Indiana and Michigan, I just never made it over to Wisconsin.
1: It was uh it was my happy place. Like I could feel my blood pressure dropping as soon as we crossed the state line oh. because you get to this place called the the Cheese Castle. And the Cheese Castle is is a, a, a castle in Kenosha that <laughs> sells cheese. Mm-hmm. And uh uh-huh. and it, it got all corporate and and commodified and everything mm. after a while but it's still the cheese castle and we still hit it every time we went up there
0: um the first movie is wisconsin as fuck american movie which is a <laughs> uh documentary about mark Bortchart and his quest to make uh, a, a film called northwestern but in the middle of the filming of it he decides that he's gonna have to complete this horror movie to, to get uh, because it's the only thing he's got time and money for mm-hmm. called colvin, colvin. <laughs> <laughs> and uh this movie's such a delight i don't think i've seen a documentary more than this one.
1: Oh, really you've yeah, seen it multiple times i've seen
0: this a lot of times
1: i've seen it several times too it's it, it's such an engaging it's weird because mike his buddy mm-hmm. is kind of the star of the show right yeah. he steals it because he's just a blank canvas he's a recovering addict and stuff like that he's a recovering gambler but he still like buys scratch off and lottery tickets and shit like that oh, yeah. uh but like they're so engaging this guy even with all of his problems mark struggles with alcohol and stuff like that and being all over the place he's such an engaging dude you just can't keep your eyes off
0: him. yeah so i uh- you know yes mike mike shank he is he is kind of the star of this but mark borchardt is pretty much the star of this yeah, yeah like shank steals a lot of the stuff especially there's a point where they're like all standing there in the middle of a parking lot or whatever and, and and just out of nowhere mike's like I bet Metallica never had to wait for anything in their entire lives (laughs) or something like that. It's so
3: great. Something like that. And there's
0: a point where where, uh, Mark needs him to scream for some ADR and he puts out the most (laughs) wicked scream there is. And and, and the camera goes over to Mark and he's got this like, yeah. And he's like, that was wicked, man. Um. but uh yeah it's funny because he 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 starts off wanting to make this movie called northwestern because of something blah 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 like uh the country is the state that he knows is changing and there won't be these places to film anymore all the woods and the farms and all that and then he just uh he decides all right well i've got this movie that i started making called coven and uh, i'm gonna i'm gonna make this it's about uh, people who are trying to battle addiction, but the people who are in the meetings are actual like devil worshippers or mm-hmm. something like that. Mm-hmm. And as he describes it, he's like he's like uh, this it's about this person who goes into this group to get help for his alcohol addiction, but they're not that helpful. The group. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: um oh my god and, this is
1: up there like
0: with king of kong
1: and shit like yeah, that yeah yeah in, in entertaining documentary it
0: really is like the entire thing and even when it's it gets to where it's like on that borderline of like oh, this is kind of sad and stuff like especially when he is drinking and they're watching the super bowl mm-hmm. and green bay won that you know was it the was that the patriots that they beat mm-hmm. in the 90s yep uh he's like already trash before the game even starts and then he's just like, you know, like, uh, man, fuck these guys and fuck this and fuck that and everything. And his dad keeps on going and coming in as like, Mark, the language. Mark. <laughs> 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 and uh, and he just and he just keeps and he's like, he's really like he's not cool in that situation. No, that's an
1: intense scene
0: yeah because he's so
1: he's so you know energetic and enthusiastic and happy-go-lucky and then when you see he takes a dark turn it doesn't go that way for the rest of the movie but like you really see like how many demons he's battling
0: there is a great scene too where he's trying to get his grandfather to say it's all right it's okay there's something to live for Mm. jesus told me so and that, and he needs him to, it needs to sort of match up what he's supposedly saying when he's, when they're on the road and everything. They didn't have sound of it and everything. So like he's like all right take one man and he's like it's all right <laughs> and then it's just like all right take 33 man And then it's like, he's like it's all right it's uh, and he keeps on like i don't believe in what you're doing i don't believe in this at all he's like all right man just more enthusiasm and then it's like it gets to like 60 or something or whatever but uh his grandfather is a character as well oh yes yeah. it's a high recommend here um it's all downhill from here wisconsin <laughs> yeah that's right there are some pretty good ones though um away we go which was sam mendes uh directing john krasinski and maya rudolph sam mendes made that movie yes he did i've seen like 10 minutes of this and have yet to be
2: pulled in uh it's on the movie channels almost it's, all the time it's uh
0: it's actually not that bad no
1: i i actually really like this yeah movie. I mean, it's it's not really a romantic comedy, right? Because they're already together and she's pregnant, mm-hmm. and they're just looking for places to live, one of which is Milwaukee, um, which is the Maggie Maggie Gyllenhaal character, oh, yeah. who's named Ellen but she spells it l n like the <laughs> letters <laughs> and she's like a super progressive uh, like helicopter parent like they don't allow strollers and shit like that
0: yeah there. it's great that's a great yeah thing. it's it's basically a, a road movie where they keep running into different couples who have kids and different ways to to uh take care of them or, or whatever and the uh who is it uh, that, that they run into alice and Janny and um uh Jim Gaffigan I yeah, believe, yeah. yeah yeah have <laughs> Alison Janney is just awful to her kids just yeah yeah awful. and they're awful
1: to each other yeah aren't
0: they? yeah 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 uh, but uh yeah I I kind of enjoyed this movie um it's it, it's it is it is something that you don't expect Sam Mendes's name to be attached to but uh you know it's it's good
1: it is Sorry. i actually and, uh Maya Rudolph will show up again in a second, but like, yeah, she's got, I think, some range too. She doesn't usually do a whole lot of dramatic stuff. I don't really remember her doing anything specifically dramatic, mm-hmm. but she's got some dramatic beats in this movie. All right. And uh, she's really good. And this is John Krasinski i guess right in the middle of that office run yeah where he's starting to kind of branch out a little
0: bit oh yeah um the i think uh, it isn't the the impetus behind the trip is that their that his parents jeff daniels and Catherine o'hara mm-hmm. are going to france
3: mm-hmm. yeah so they're, they're looking for they're gonna live to go. there yeah.
0: and so like they thought that they would be able to get taken care of there and they, they, their parents are like we're we're jetting out uh, <laughs> so it becomes this big road trip after that but anyway good movie uh then there is basketball yeah. debatable as to whether this is good or not i love it <laughs> fuck yeah <laughs> yeah this is well i think
1: it's not great because parker and stone didn't direct it right right it's didn't david zucker it. it's david zucker and it's kind of combining the zaniness of of both of those guys and it's a little bit disparate but the the stuff that works really works
0: yeah uh, i believe uh, parker and stone agreed to do this movie because zucker was a, a god to them like airplane and and naked gun and all that they, they were they were huge fans uh zucker i believe this is based on a game that he and his brother yeah came up with and they know it was completely stupid but they thought it would be a fun you know a funny movie and i agree it is yes there are moments in this movie that are horrible (laughs) but then there's some that are genius yeah (laughs) and it's like what the hell is going on with this movie um but yeah it's uh it's about this um the trey parker's this they they started off by you know making him the underdog by he's the one who dropped reggie jackson's third home run in the 1977 world series and, uh, then like he's a, he's sort of a loser at all sorts of sports. And then they invent, they have this sort of this game that they're just kind of like inventing rules as it goes along where you shoot a basketball and, uh, you can hit, shoot a single, a double, a triple, or a home run, <laughs> uh, depending on what you, I guess you're feeling at mm-hmm. the time. And then they start adding all the stuff like psych outs <laughs> to the points. And like, if you get the rebound and score on somebody's rebound, you get points Yeah all that so the game is very simple but uh yeah there's some really funny things in this oh yeah
2: also taps into i i could be alone but for that glorious window post-college before any of my guy friends started getting married i lived in a house with four or five guys for like two years we made up like five different games while we were there. And each one we were obsessed with for about three weeks. And then it would... fizz. One was like... We were playing like a basic version of Foursquare mm-hmm. inside the house. And then we just moved all the furniture out of the living room. And we made the walls part of the action. And so it became like cubed, four square, and we started making up augmented rules, and we called it sport ball. We played it for probably about four weeks. We were obsessed with it. We would come home from work and like tear off our work shirts, and I'm next in line. Uh, we made up another one called Car Wars with matchbox cars, and it basically, it was, it was like shuffleboard. Ah. Only- Oh you could also intentionally wipe out your opponent's cars. Mm -hmm. And you got points if your cars were left standing upright at the end. And if they were flipped upside down, your opponent got points. We played that for like (laughs) three weeks. So I think that's probably pretty common. Granted, most people are probably not in their mid-twenties when they're doing this. They're Mm. more like, 10 year olds but i think it taps into that everybody made up games or Mm -hmm. tweaked rules to standard games so that was that was the appeal of the movie for me (laughs) this is
1: obviously before internet porn (laughs) yeah no but it was still in the dial-up ages so
2: (laughs) so you had more time on your hands (laughs) hang on i'm gonna
0: download this image and then we can play a couple of games and you know uh, parker and stone are are are, you know are self-deprecating about this movie as well i mean in south park they even made a made a joke about it when they this is the Passion of the Christ episode where they go and try to get money back from Mel Gibson <laughs> for watching Passion of the Christ and then they say we'll we'll do the exact same thing we did when we went to go see basketball ah, and nice. uh so i don't think they look at this movie with high regard either but they're fun in it and oh, yeah. it just it's just one of those movies like yes if you ever if you haven't watched it and you decide to watch it just know there's a lot of terrible things that are stupid in this (laughs) then there are stuff that's just genius and i don't know where else i don't know where you land on that i love the movie in in the end uh then there's a movie called breaking in uh that came out last year oh it's like the
2: reverse of yeah no i pass it every time i see it because it got terrible reviews (laughs) it's pretty awful (laughs) it's like it's like a mother trying to break back into her home after a home invasion
1: yeah so they go up to this secluded cabin like her and her kids gabrielle union and they're taking over their father or uncle or something like that that is a tech head and all that stuff and and has like this super security system but the the robbers are already in the house Mm. and so somehow gabrielle union gets separated and the kids are in the house with the robbers, and she has to break in.
2: It feels like, <laughs> it feels pretty terrible. It sounds pretty. It, there's, it's actually a
1: pretty good premise. I thought she's actually very good in it. She's always good, but uh, the movie itself, it's it's a step above that uh, sex trafficking movie that uh,
3: Patton. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry.
2: Oh, oh, a sex trafficking movie, huh? <laughs> taken?
3: <laughs> no.
1: Yes. Yes. Yes, the, the one with Omar Epps. Omar t- Epps? Taken is Liam Neeson. No, was it What does it call you seen it? The Paula Patton.
0: Oh, uh is it uh it's got a K in the name. It's called uh, Traffic.
1: Traffic. <laughs> traffic. <laughs> That's basically Taken. Like with uh,
0: All right. Uh I, you know there was that was on the other day was uh, uh bring it on oh and uh, and uh gabrielle unions in that she's yeah. awesome in that yeah uh, uh it's hard to believe like gabrielle union back in the like she was 28 when she did bring it on that's crazy Are you serious yes played a high schooler <laughs> playing high school and she did the same thing in 10 wow. things i hate about you she was 27 in that um but uh geez she's 46 yeah she looks incredible. That's ridiculous. Yeah, she's unbelievable. Wow.
1: Good for her. Um, Isn't she married
0: to Dwayne Wade? Is that yes? yes? She is. Uh, power um, couple right there. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we have bridesmaids. Yeah. Oh, well. What do you guys think about bridesmaids? Yeah.
2: I like
1: bridesmaids. I think more than you guys do.
2: I like it. Okay. I think it's good. I think when it came out, I feel like our culture was maybe desperate mm-hmm. for an all-female gross-out comedy to be a home run and so we championed it maybe a little harsher than we should have i don't think it's all that a bag of chips i'd rather watch tropic thunder or the hangover any day of the week and twice on sunday
1: that's not i mean there's only one gross out scene but that gross out
2: scene is fucking gross it's so gross that I, i don't even know how you think that's funny like yeah i
1: wouldn't find that funny with men doing it
0: well that's the thing right if you substitute men in the in the scene does it make it does it make it uh okay make it funny make yeah. it like that's what i was sitting there doing a lot of these scenes that we're talking about here i was like yeah I, I I don't find this funny at all and i think some people would be willing would be ready to point the finger and say oh you'd be laughing at that if it was a bunch of guys yeah and the uh, sorry the answer is no i don't yeah. like that type of humor at all i guess
1: it's the novelty of it that you you really hadn't seen anything like that no mainstream at least and it's it's funny done.
2: i'm not trying to say it's trash yeah, yeah, yeah. i'm just saying i think i'm the guy who thinks the beatles were a little overrated <laughs> so if i'm saying your movie was a little overrated that's not an insult
1: Melissa, this is this is prime melissa mccarthy though like this is her being unhinged but also not too unhinged mm-hmm. to where she's let loose and flailing about wildly well you know? and
2: she's not the main focus yeah
1: i think that's part of the answer did you hear that she based some of her look on guy fietti <laughs> oh really on who
3: <laughs> guy, guy fietti
0: <laughs> she's got like the sunglasses on the back of the head That's and me. like the spiky hair i really do like kristen wig in it yep. mm-hmm. and uh and i think rose byrne who's not really playing like a a, a funny, outwardly funny character is very funny in yeah. this because she's she's constantly trying to one up Kristen wig in mm-hmm. this whole thing, and like it's it's almost like it's almost like the South Park where the they go to the ski resort and mm-hmm. the and uh, the guy just starts picking on Stan out of nowhere yeah. and he's <laughs> like it's like I'm gonna race you down the hill, darsh and they're like not even haven't even met each other yet <laughs> and he's he's like I'm gonna beat you and all that. <laughs> um my rudolph is good in this too yeah
1: oh she has that great line about because they're having that argument and uh kristen wiggs like i bet you went with her to get your asshole bleached <laughs> and then they get to this fever pitch and Maya rudolph's like i did get my asshole bleached and it looks great <laughs>
3: anyway.
0: uh then we have Dahmer. Yeah, of of a lot of the things that Milwaukee is known for, unfortunately Jeffrey Dahmer is one of them.
1: Uh-huh. There's a lot of serial killers up in Wisconsin. Yeah, well, not a
0: lot, but like Ed Geen, but a lot of famous ones. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when you really want to do it right, yeah, he yeah. Wisconsin. <laughs> I never saw this though. It's got Jeremy Renner in it. Renner is a pretty good dead ringer for Dahmer.
1: He really is. This was 2002, mm-hmm. so it's before Renner like really you know got famous Mm -hmm. and he's super skinny and he's he plays the part really really well uh the movie itself is isn't like gangbusters it's not like a great movie but the the content is so fucking disturbing yeah that i mean this is like all-time evilness uh, like incarnate like Mm -hmm. the stuff that he did to to these boys and men that would come in to his apartment you, you you couldn't you couldn't think this up in like your worst nightmares.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I I this is probably the first story that ever scared me as a kid. I think was this 91, 92 when this happened.
1: Somewhere around that. Yeah.
0: Uh Dahmer was a was was a shorthand punchline to a lot of things, but but yeah, this it is, was 91. And I uh I'm glad I'm really glad that at 14 that I didn't hear all the details all yeah. i heard was that he was killing people and you know you heard some refrigerator stuff mm-hmm. but that's i didn't hear about all the other stuff until much later and i'm glad i'm very glad um, i had a girlfriend
2: once that liked refrigerator stuff
0: yeah
3: <laughs> i'm trying to even figure out
1: what that means <laughs> no Uh,
2: oh boy and i've never seen the Dahmer movie let's move on (laughs) uh then
0: we have the remake of dawn of the dead starring sarah polly um i really liked this this is uh zach snyder actually Mm -hmm. this is the one in the mall with ving rames yes Yes. finally
2: (laughs) (laughs) i've seen it yeah it's good yeah, Do you like this? I like the part where the guys on the other thing across the way and they held up messages and talked to each other. Yeah, and then they basically get people killed trying to rescue them.
1: Well, yeah, because they uh, like Ving Rhames, will, they've got like a whiteboard and he's like he's telling them to, to take out certain zombies and what is it like burt reynolds yeah, or like, yeah, the, you know, like jay leno or something like that yeah, yeah. and he's like i know who you're talking about and he takes a yeah, yeah, guy yeah, yeah. that looks yeah. vaguely like burt right reynolds. right
0: yeah i liked this movie and there's that whole scene too where i think it's that cover of down with the sickness <laughs> yeah and uh <laughs> hey, you mother get up come on get down with the sickness come on and, get up. and they're like just shooting these zombies <laughs> and everything uh yeah this is really good this is uh it's one of those rare remakes that it may not be the it may not be to the height of the original but it's at least close i think
1: it's right there with me because i love the original uh but this one i don't know just hits a sweet spot for me because mm-hmm. it's got this weird like almost hyper color sheen to it mm-hmm. um and so it like really pops out of off of the screen but it's and the the personalities are like 10% too much like ty burrell's mm. character is like oh, yeah. is an asshole but then like 10% more of an asshole <laughs> right. you know? and uh but
0: you know it's it's uh, it's good stuff and uh, James Gunn wrote the screenplay right yes he did uh then we have dogma which is of course a, a, a cross country movie from Kevin Smith mm-hmm. uh starring everybody in the world yep in at least in the late 90s yeah um uh, I'm trying to, this is the one Kevin Smith that I've only seen like a couple of times really yeah, of his comedies of the Jersey, you know, whatever you want to call it trilogy mm-hmm. J- universe you, uh, you know whatever., mm-hmm. uh, but I've only seen this one twice. so I can't remember exactly what the what we're going cross country for in this they, they go have to, to get to, like, to the movie
2: headquarters or something.
1: <laughs> no they have to get to buddy buddy Christ. So they're, they're going, uh, these, these fallen angels, Ben Affleck and Matt Damon, are sentenced because they tried to throw a coup against God and got kicked out of heaven, mm-hmm. and they were sentenced to live in Wisconsin. Okay. And there's that, uh, that funny line, it's Linda Fiorentino, I think. Um, and uh, Alan Rickman is an angel, shows up, and she's like, or he tells her about this story, and he's like, you know, they were cast out of heaven to live in the worst place in the world. And she's like, hell? And he's like, no wisconsin <laughs> in that great alan rickman stuff and so they're trying to get over to this this church uh in uh, in new jersey actually uh that that proves or to prove that god is not infallible and because the universe is based on the fact that god is infallible then they would basically destroy the universe mm-hmm. and they want to do that because they don't want to live in purgatory anymore. Mm-hmm. it's too much movie it's too many parts too many moving parts mm. too many characters mm. but if you shaved off a little bit of it it would be awesome i i like it as it is
2: yeah there's that weird like five-year period where linda Fiorentino was like
0: everywhere
1: mm-hmm. yeah she's hot shit man
0: and then she just i guess had enough i think she mm. may have a reputation oh really Uh-oh. uh i'm not sure i'm mm. not sure about that but i think she might have a reputation um uh, being being a little difficult hmm. but yeah there was a point there where uh, the first time i ever saw her was in the last seduction which she was amazing in that mm-hmm. and i think that movie would have gotten her an oscar nomination had it not been an hbo movie first and there was oh, those, yeah. those arcane rules about oscar nominations um but uh that and then of course men in black and jade jade <laughs> oh yeah be jade. like david Crusoe and jade and chas Terry.
1: <laughs> yes um this but, is this is not as funny of a movie as something like chasing amy or clerks or mm-hmm. all Rats. it's ham-handed at times when it's trying to like call out catholic dogma and stuff like that you can see that there's a clear agenda there uh while still some affection there um it's got it's got some good stuff in it though there were people who um no i'm not
2: saying a lot but there were people who held up posters and uh, protested this movie outside the hollywood 27
1: yep oh i can imagine mm-hmm. i can imagine this was 99 mm-hmm. Yes, it was right after i left
3: yeah
0: mm-hmm. um the story that i get out of this that i get more in, uh, interest out of is just the fact that jason mews was had just gotten through like a uh, rehab or something and kevin smith was basically giving this a, a last chance to him and everything and he was really worried because he had all these great stars on set he had alan rickman you had you know salma hayek you had uh you know matt damon ben affleck all these people and he's like man if this guy fucks this up man oh, it's just that's that's it mm-hmm. and uh he Came in and and uh, he's like, remember, you need to know your lines. Well, he not not only knew his own lines, he knew everybody else's lines <laughs> too. So that's a story that I love hearing him talk about when it comes to dogma. I also love that uh, at one of the protests
2: of, I think it was Dogma, um, Kevin Smith pretended to be a protester. Oh, <laughs> he, he <went laughs> interviewed yeah. by a news station outside. New <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty fucking awesome. Yeah, it is.
0: <laughs> Uh, then we have the great outdoors. John Candy, Dan Aykroyd, Annette Benning in an early, early, early. I've never seen this. Oh, Uh, really? uh, Yeah, Yeah. I, I have. This was a, this was a a movie I was dying to watch when it came out. I think it was '88. It was
1: uh 1988.
0: And uh and there were some jokes in there that I didn't get, mm-hmm. obviously. I was eleven, I didn't know why Annette Benning liked to be on the spin cycle. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah no all i remember is you know as as a kid the only thing that really attracted me was the grizzly bear and you know shooting off his hair and then shooting off his is the hair on his backside
0: yeah and there's all those your typical like you know they're in a cave it has dynamite The dynamite's wet Mm -hmm. uh you know they gotta kill a bear in this (laughs) there's uh Uh, what else is it oh the the probably the most famous scene is when they're in the restaurant and he has to eat the old 96er yeah yeah and it's this 96 ounce piece of steak you have to eat everything on the plate so it's john candy so you're like oh yeah he's gonna he's gonna down this but there's a whole scene where he's he's like he's like struggling through that last whatever and he gets all of it done and there's just a little bit of like scraps like fat and gristle and stuff like that and uh and the the chef comes by and he goes you're not done yet and he goes he's like and dan Aykroyd's like what do you mean there's nothing but gristle and grizzle and fat on that on that on that uh, plate and he's like
3: uh-huh <laughs>
0: <laughs> and the cook's like bon appetit <laughs> this movie's not good but no. uh,
1: <laughs> but <laughs> it's screwball it's like the i went back and watched like spies like us and what's the other well the the chevy chase one that we were at funny farm like oh, stuff yeah. in around this area of talented comedians probably getting well paid G <laughs> you know doing yeah. all kinds of fun stuff yeah
0: man yeah um
1: where it, you know they're just fun it's not rocket science this movie you know it's it's just fun yeah, yeah. uh
0: howard deutsch who uh would eventually marry leah thompson and that's why we oh. have zoe deutsch and oh. her sister oh. uh john hughes wrote the screenplay yeah uh, but i'd like to see this again this is uh i'm is actually a very movie. surprised it has a 6.6 on the imdb and i haven't seen it in forever so maybe it holds up a little bit
1: you think that's that's higher than you expected
0: yeah i thought mm. i thought this would be like a 5.9 or something mm. uh when i looked it up but i remember i remember enjoying this as a kid i haven't seen it in forever yeah uh then uh lars and the real girl uh mm. this? i saw it once i liked it i didn't
2: uh, it had been gushed about to me and so i was a little uh i, I didn't want to gush when i was done oh really
0: i liked it mm-hmm. yeah uh ryan gosling um he has this uh i guess he's in a relationship with this sex doll
1: basically. Uh, When did this come out? Uh, 2007. Yeah, it's been since then, but I remember this really connecting with me in a weird way. Uh, He's so isolated as a person because of his his mental health and his upbringing Mm -hmm. that he orders this sex doll and it starts to help him communicate with not only his family, but also the community. And because the community is so relieved to see him come out of a shell even a little bit, they start going along with it, like yeah. everybody says. That, treats her as a real person.
3: Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and it's, it's a real girl.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's almost like a, a, like Charlie Kaufman esque, right? Where it's yeah. like it's a little bit absurd to yep. where there's no way that this would happen, but it's it, it it's it's charming. It what I remember charming.
2: thinking was that, and now there have been a lot of evidence since that Ryan Gosling is a great actor. But I remember being struck when I saw this at how good he was mm-hmm. and, and how subdued he was. Uh, but yeah, I couldn't speak too clearly
0: about it it's been a while been yeah a while. It,
1: between this and i think half nelson came out a few years afterwards right it's around the same time oh half really nelson. yeah
0: because I, I was mean, in new york for both of them oh okay well yeah.
1: that's yeah those two are really what sold me on ryan gosling as an actor mm. because before then you know i don't know exactly what he had been in but um, the notebook <clears throat> the notebook remember and the titans the newton boys and fucking no what was it <laughs> the two for the money god the sandra bullock thing we were just talking money about. by murder by numbers
0: murder yeah by numbers. yeah
1: paint <laughs> by numbers money by money by numbers yeah <laughs> uh but yeah no he definitely showed a massive amount of range in those two
0: it's funny this movie came out and then not too long after that mel gibson was in that jody foster one called the beaver which the beaver. was basically the same sort of kind of
1: yeah and that was supposed to be his comeback
0: yeah it was supposed to be <laughs> I like uh, that guy I remember enjoying Lars and the Real Girl, but it has been since 2007. So.
1: Yeah, it's a good
3: movie.
0: Uh, Another movie I haven't seen in forever, but I know is great, is Michael Clayton. Yeah. Oh, baby. Oh, baby. You say all the Tom Wilkinson stuff is in Milwaukee.
1: Yeah, when right. he has his breakdown and all that stuff, and Michael Clayton comes to visit him, he's in Milwaukee.
0: In the very beginning? Yes. And I believe he
1: actually stays in Milwaukee uh, until the end of his character arc. Maybe he goes back to
2: New York. Tom Wilkinson. He runs into him with a loaf of with a bag full of French bread
1: loaves in the city. Uh, okay, so he does go back to New York. Yeah, it's a New York movie too. I'm just putting it in. Okay, I'm just trying Wisconsin. to place
2: the Wisconsin. I don't know where it is. The movie fucking rules. <laughs> yes, Rule it does. Hard yeah. and uh, Tilda Swinton is that? Yeah. His, oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah Ro- uh, Robert Downey Jr. Uh, George Clooney is playing not Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He's basically a law firm's fix-it man, mm. um, <clears throat> and he's good. He's good at it, and then. There's corruption. There's millions at stake, and something's being investigated. It's not quite what it seems, and who's the fall guy? Who's the save guy? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Really good acting. Really, really good acting. My one of my favorite scenes of all time is the scene when Clooney confronts Tilda Swinton at the very very. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> just outstanding. That was He's the first. Like, I am
0: not the guy you kill. <laughs> <laughs> that was the first time I really had experienced. Um, Uh, applause in a theater and i was in new york when this movie came out too and it was the first time i had noticed this clapping phenomenon when i was in new york because i never saw that before now it could be just that i didn't go to very many movies with audiences i saw everything by myself and everything but like uh, that scene when he shows up and they make the reveal yeah that was everybody just clapping in the theater and everything (laughs) and it was like i was sitting there going interesting interesting you know uh but yeah this movie's really good tony gilroy uh, is another another uh guy who has made almost nothing but great stuff there's yep. a couple movies i still need to see of his that uh, well, have and he come directed
2: out. the born with renner right yes and i think he wrote the he other wrote, movies. yeah
0: um he uh i'm trying to remember because dan gilroy did um nightcrawler mm-hmm. and some other velvet bus on oh it could be uh but uh tony gilroy let me look at his director He's only directed four movies: Born Legacy, which you said, du- Duplicity, uh, uh, Michael Clayton, and some sort of HBO first look. But he's mostly known as a writer.
1: Isn't Duplicity? Is that uh, Julia Roberts and Clive, Clive Owen. Owen?
0: Yeah. And yeah. it's it's a uh, and it's it's a. I thought it was a fun movie. I mean, it's it's not. I mean, it's not great, but it's, it's not, not as good as
2: the other movie that Julia Roberts and Clive Owen made together.
1: Oh yeah, that's a good one. Oh yeah. The the Michael Clayton. The scene that you're talking about is so great because he's. Obviously he's got nefarious purposes for for doing this in the first place but like he's offended not that the, she was necessarily trying to kill me it's that you it's had the so audacity funny. like to when, try to take me out mm-hmm. when
2: when my wife and I were first married and didn't know how to communicate very well a lot of times arguments would escalate just because of misinterpretations and there were a lot of times that I would get offended that she what she had thought I had done which I hadn't was so stupid <laughs> i would never do that because i'm smart how dare you think i'm enough <laughs> to try and like do that or what have you and so i get i connect to that here because yeah. you're right there is a layer of this it's like you stupid woman <laughs> <I know. laughs> like you
0: write me a check this is how the, i know all the secrets already what are you doing yeah yeah it's, it's a it's it's great because the movie that shows that the characters know the movie knows the the situation here like i think in a lesser movie they wouldn't even have brought that up Mm -hmm. yeah it would have just been like oh well, he's the main character gotta kill that guy and everybody's like oh okay i see (laughs) but like uh but the fact that he brings that up is such an interesting and fun part (laughs) of that whole thing um then we have mr 3000 i've only seen parts of this but i know the 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 main gist of this bernie mac is a retired baseball player and he retired when he hit he got his 3000, 3000 hit then somebody went back and did all nerdy shit and found out that one of his hits actually three or four of his yeah, hits yeah, yeah. didn't count because they were rain delayed or something like that kind of like the kentucky derby yeah, yeah. kind of like the kentucky derby uh so so he gets back i think he plays with the brewers yeah doesn't he? he does uh he uh, plays with the brewers just to get those hits uh, to get to the 3000 again and of course it's your typical sports movie he does it just for that at first and everybody hates him Mm -hmm. and then he starts like becoming like a person everybody likes by the end of it and everything and then the kid in the
2: outfield starts waving his hands up and down to mm. signify the angels yep yep. <laughs> and then the and kid then, with the lightning rocket laser rocket arm comes into relief pitch yeah and he <laughs>
0: loses his ability so the only way he can get people out is by walking the player and then playing nanny nanny boo-boo games <laughs> until they can get it he can get them out yeah <laughs> <laughs>
2: I never saw Mr. 3000. Is it any good? No. Uh, No, no, no. no.
1: He's an asshole. He's he's like, and the, the trick about these movies, like Bruce Almighty and Mr. 3000, stuff like that, is to get actors that are so fucking likable that they can be the assholiest assholes ever, and it'll fool you into thinking they've been a good person this whole time until the very very end Mm -hmm. and this this is a a good example of that because bernie Mac is so fucking funny even when he's being an asshole Mm -hmm. that like by the time he comes around at the end you're like oh yeah he's had a heart of gold this whole time Yeah. yeah but it's a bad movie
0: yeah 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 And, and, you know, the, the, just the insanity that statisticians, even like, what was this 2002, 2004, 2004, uh, that statisticians would be that bad in that they would give him the wrong amount of hits his entire career (laughs) and that, you know, he thought he had 3000 is, is pretty ludicrous on its own although well,
1: like, it was back in 95 when he quit though because uh, yeah. he had that 3000th right yeah because he's 47 it's, when he comes back
0: yeah still even then in 95 i mean it would it would have had to have been like 1930 yeah. for this to really be like a, <laughs> to be a thing but i guess there are i guess there are things that you can look back on even in modern history and say well should that have counted or not or mm. whatever but i don't think that this i think this is like stuff that you knew not to count yep and Unless he was just like counting it on his own and just like keeping his own <laughs> records, you know, I don't know how. I, one. Yeah. Uh, then we have Starman. This man, this is one of the first early movies I used to watch all the freaking time. Yeah. John Carpenter did this. Jeff Bridges is the title character, and Karen Allen is the girl he falls in love with. Ooh. And it was shot. Uh, some of it was shot here in Tennessee.
1: Oh, that's right. Yeah. Um, it's set in a. I think a is it in milwaukee no it's a fictional town yeah this is another this kind of a
0: road trip type of a movie isn't it because they they don't they they're going on they're on the interstate for the for a lot of it.
1: that's true yeah he he falls to earth in like chippewa falls or something like that Sh- Bay. it's mm-hmm. a real town yeah uh but yeah that's where they meet and then they they have to travel to to get back to his location mm. to to go back
0: and this is another uh jeff bridges has a weird accent movie he does he has
1: oh god what is the line where where they they fuck <laughs> and yeah. b- because she's she's <laughs> and, and because he's magic he, he impregnates her yeah and he leans over he's like i just made a baby for you <laughs>
3: yeah 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 yeah. <laughs> i want to see that scene uh, no
0: i just gave you a baby yeah <laughs> and she's like no no that's impossible blah blah blah, blah. And no and i'm like, magic. No, you like a star man yeah, exactly <laughs> yeah um and then and then there's a point where like uh she asks him uh i can't remember it's towards the end where she's asking him something and he's like the baby will know
1: Yeah, he's like the baby is imbued with like all of his knowledge right Mm -hmm. but like he's human he's not star baby yeah not like 2001
0: right 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 but uh but yeah it's it's one of those uh, isn't it the guy in the untouchables that's uh, chasing after them and in this oh who is it nitty Uh, it's the guy with the glasses who is touchable at the end of untouchables Oh, the nerdy IRS guy. Yeah, isn't that who's following them? Treasury Secretary Charles guy, Martin Smith. Yeah, it is Charles Martin. Nice, nice. Um, but yeah, that, it's one of those. They, you know, they know he's an alien. They're chasing after him, and and then by the end of it, the the ship comes down, and you know, this e- is a good movie. E- it's e- a really T- good
2: movie. Does it ET at the end?
1: mm Hmm.
0: Okay. I haven't seen this. I always he
2: go- goes back. Yeah, he goes back at you. I always yeah. get this confused with the last Starfighter. Oh yeah, and it came out it came
0: out around the same time. <laughs> That's
2: why because yeah. they're very similar sounding, spacey, but they're nothing alike in actual content.
1: This is no, it's really good and Jeff Bridges got nominated for an Academy Award for this. Yeah. Jesus. Of all of like his performances, you'd think of like Starman. I guess I would think of it because I've seen it so much, but like Star- Man.
2: Is that where the song's from? No. <laughs>
1: and that'd be cool if it
3: was
2: yes. <laughs> David Bowie John, traveled to well, the future. John, oh, did John. He, did John. he write
0: it in the before the movie?
2: Yes, oh. long before the movie. <laughs> I
0: don't know that. Um uh John John Carpenter does have a great there's a great soundtrack in this that he did that uh and especially towards the end that boom. Yeah. And then some recent artists has used that as part of their like uh, i can't remember who it really yeah because i remember after we watched escape room and we went to uh-huh. that sushi place they were playing that song really in there and huh. i was like i was like is this Starman oh that's right <laughs> and um anyway an- interesting last starfighter came out the summer of 1984 starman came out december of 1984 oh, wow. nick castle who was a long time john carpenter like disciple guy directed the last Star oh Fox. wow oh that's a the connection Seriously. uh then we have the night listener uh robin <laughs> oh, williams tony collette yeah have you seen this this seems like it's right up your I alley feel like
1: i have he's but- a he's a new york uh like uh radio personality I but have. like overnight and oh this is such a weird movie that is better in concept have you seen this i have not it's better in concept than it is execution. But it's really, really interesting. It's about this um, – he has a call in from a young man who is dying of AIDS, right? And he's linked to his caregiver, uh, who's Tony Collette, and she's blind. And so, like, he, he can never get both of them on the phone at the same time, but he develops – this is Robin Williams – he develops this relationship with this kid. And who lives in Wisconsin? And so, so much so that he travels out there to see what's going on with them. And from there, it goes weird. It goes very, very weird hmm. because it seems like she's hiding something. It seems like the kids hiding something. It seems like Robin Williams is hiding something. Like did you it's say, all, Tony Collette. Yeah, Tony. Collette. When did this come out? This was two thousand six.
2: Two thousand six. Wow. I feel like I've never even heard of this. It's
1: one of those. It it seemed like Robin Williams made a million of these one-hour photo, mm-hmm. night listener. Final like, cut. Final cut. Like weird, just quirky, dark movies mm-hmm. uh, that he's really good in. He's really good in this, mm-hmm. too. This is actually probably a recommend. But uh, it's not It's not perfect, but it's it's very interesting. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Alaska, Christopher
2: Nolan, Pacino movie.
1: Insomnia. Yeah.
2: Eat- another one, Robin Williams, went dark. I like mm-hmm. me some insomnia.
0: Do you like insomnia?
2: I do. Yeah. I didn't the first time I saw it. It has uh, grown on me greatly on yeah, repeat viewings.
0: Uh, then we have uh, a TV movie called Seduced by Madness, the Diane Borchart story. Yeah. I guess, yeah. <laughs> guess Borchart is a common name in uh, Wisconsin. <laughs> it's cause Interesting. Because uh, after our Mark Borchart thing, Borchart. That's right.
1: Maybe. Listen to this. Okay. So this is, um, okay. Anne Margaret. Play, okay. So it's, it's this woman who thinks that her her husband is cheating on her. And so she hires these high school kids to track him he hires these high school kids to track him and i think they end up killing him and then they get put on trial but listen to who's in it so ann margaret is is the one is the diane borchardt right mm-hmm. peter coyote is the uh the fucking <laughs> is the the cheating husband right <laughs> leslie hope is in this the kids are toby Maguire and freddie rodriguez oh uh, wow and danny masterson is in this like there's just dean norris is in this there's like a weird thing nice. and i saw this around it came on uh nbc i don't know if it was a one night thing or a mini series but it was uh, it was uh, 1996, and I was riveted for whatever reason. Like I was just stuck to it, watching this thing. Hmm. I haven't seen it since, <laughs> but,
0: but it stuck with me.
2: That bows well.
0: <laughs> um, on to uh, a list. Of, it's a uh, real
1: story, by the way, the Diane
0: Bochart. Oh yeah, thing. yeah, it has to be right. <laughs> uh, on to uh the remaining list. We have a movie called Chump Change. I've never heard of. It's got uh, what Tim Matheson, Tracy Lords, Fred Willard, Clancy Brown jerry stiller yeah jerry stiller michael mcdonald um it's apparently like an inside baseball like he's a
1: screenwriter um stephen burrows is uh, the the main guy and
0: yeah okay and then there's a, a group of tv movies called family of cops which has charles bronson in it i haven't it ever does. heard of these either yeah it's uh, family
1: of cops family of cops was so popular that it produced two sequels yeah it's got daniel baldwin <laughs> and Angela Featherstone hey. who played the the maid in uh in uh in Seinfeld. The oh, maid that was a hoe. Oh, the hoe maid.
0: Hey, Every time Charles Bronson comes up, I think of that Simpsons where they uh they, <laughs> they did that uh they did that uh Andy Griffith show thing where like uh whoever's playing Barney comes in and he's like he's like uh holy shit, you, you uh you uh you, you shot Otis and he's like, What happened to Otis? And he goes, I shot him <laughs> and He's like, Now I'm gonna go over to Emmett's Fix It Shop and fix (laughs) emit uh then there's a movie called for keeps which again this these are the type of movies that come out because she's having a baby came out the same Uh, year or the year before uh you you swear that this the idea went from one studio and somebody was like ah we don't want to do that and then they made their own (laughs) and uh and for keeps is one of these as molly ringwald in it it has uh, to have been around the same time
1: as that Phil Collins song, right? This is two weeks in a row. <laughs> playing uh, for Keeps. Yeah. <laughs> was, yeah. It,
2: was the
0: name of that song Plan for Keeps?
1: No, it's In Too Deep is the is the name of the song. But he
0: sings Plan for Keeps mm-hmm. in the song. Okay. I'm not crazy. Uh, who I'm was saying crazy. she's having a baby? Uh, that was Kevin Bacon, Elizabeth McGovern. Oh, yeah. And it, it did come out the same same year, 88. Um, de- Have you seen this? No, I haven't uh this is uh so i guess after she gets pregnant a teenage girl must decide whether she should keep the baby or not so that's not exactly the same as she's having a baby because uh it's she's having a baby is more about the couple is unprepared for it and everything so it's not like an abortion thing mm-hmm. but uh but it looks like for keeps is molly ringwald was probably what 18 or something at the time oh wow she's pretty young yeah um then we have a map of the world
2: I I, now I know this. I yes, saw you do. this. Yes, you I do. saw this, or t- decided not to see this. What is this map of the world?
0: Sigourney Weaver, Julianne Moore, David Strathairn. A woman's life falls apart after she's blamed for an accident on her property. I didn't see this.
1: Uh, it looks. Movie. It's Holy a title. It was 1999 it's why i guess there's just one of those movies that goes under the radar in 1999 because there was so much shit but it was like super highly regarded sigourney weaver got nominated for a golden globe and like it's pretty highly regarded so i don't know i just Mm. never even heard of it yeah interesting
0: uh then a, a merry friggin christmas which also has robin williams uh one of his last huh
1: yeah this was 2014 uh, it's crazy it's got a lot of people in it Joel McHale, Robin Williams, Lauren Graham Candace Bergen hmm. Oliver Platt, Clark Duke just a ton of people Tim Heidecker all that stuff and it's like an ensemble comedy that looks pretty funny but I've just never really heard of it hmm. but yeah it was uh, re- the first film starring Robin Williams to be released after his death ah. Uh,
0: then we have Silent Night uh, which is about a killer Santa Claus mm-hmm Malcolm McDowell Jamie King Donald Logue you think Malcolm
1: McDowell is like overrated mm-hmm. you think so I will nod my head yes I mean besides Clark Orange which is obviously all timer mm-hmm. right and he's had a few good roles and a few meaty roles but like has he been like he, he it seems to me like he's elevated to like super actorly actor status yeah.
0: but like I don't know. I don't. I, I, I don't hear enough about him to to think that that's the case.
2: When they ca- when they announced that he was going to be the villain in Star Trek Generations, mm-hmm. it was announced like he was Michael Caine. Like it was yeah, announced yeah, yeah. like a very prestigious <laughs> yeah, yeah. thing. Because I remember thinking. The Caligula guy, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. but I think where he's most effective is stuff like in Good Company, where he's like, or or I think he had to run an entourage where yeah he, yeah, he yeah. did sort yeah. of
0: like a snarky mean because it was like older Brit. Beverly D'Angelo was the either Beverly D'Angelo was the main uh head of the studio or the agency, and then he came in, or he was the main okay. one and she came in, okay,
2: one of those mm-hmm. type of deals. Anyway, yeah, I do think there's a little over- overration there.
1: Yeah, I mean, he is he is a very good actor, Although, but he's been
2: in a lot of shit. I just watched a little bit of Jaws: The Revenge the other day, and <laughs> Michael Caine himself is in that. So
3: uh, everybody, no, has Michael Caine's their, definitely got some. Everybody
2: some shit has on their there resume too. blemishes. Oh, well,
0: yeah. Michael Caine took the paycheck. I think that I think we all know. I mean, that's that's pretty well established about Michael Caine yeah. is that he 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 just liked working and. Yeah you know like getting the money for it so you know he's gonna be in some good ones he's gonna be some battle ben kingsley's the same way Mm -hmm. exactly Mm -hmm. good call call. uh then we have a movie called the smokers which i just looked up and has a 2.8 on the imdb (laughs) oh man (laughs) this better be like a
2: this better be like some kind of spinoff prequel to Waterworld, or i'm gonna be pissed
0: (laughs) (laughs) has dominique swain (laughs) and busy phillips in it yeah yeah
1: and uh and uh american beauty gal Um,
2: america Ferrer? no
0: Um, that's american beauty thora birch thora birch
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Thora birch uh, uh that looks like a poster of a movie that i would watch
3: yeah <laughs> yeah but
0: that, uh wow 2.8 wow. yeah
1: they're uh they're trying to sexually assault guys to to get back for guys sexually assaulting girls huh them specifically that's, or just girls in them general spe- n- uh, girls in general i think oh,
2: that's a very dicey uh,
0: apparently they didn't write that line very well uh, okay. yeah it, it's probably way more disturbing than it is like funny entertaining whatever you want to put in there
1: yeah i think it's more it's described as a drama thriller instead uh, of a comedy
0: then we have a movie called stroll Sick, which uh i
1: was hoping that you had seen
0: no this. i've seen a lot of Werner herzog movies i have not seen this one this looks really really interesting so
1: 1977 it's about like a berlin like street performer like street mm. comic who is down on his luck older guy and goes to live with like a, his son or nephew in Wisconsin mm-hmm. and it's it's I think based on a, a like an actual dude yeah no, it, Bruno s is the performer that Werner Hart, Herzog has uh, cast in this role and it's something that I would totally watch
3: hmm.
0: it's got an 8.0 on the IMDB damn uh, then we have a movie called Trivia Town which is a documentary about the world's largest trivia contest. In uh-huh. Stevens Point, Wisconsin. Yeah. That's
1: where my family is from. Oh, really? Yes. So Stevens let me Point. ask you this. Uh-huh.
2: How big can this thing really be?
1: Uh, I didn't get the actual numbers, but it was surprising. Now, this was back in, I think, 2006 is when this came out. So I'm sure there's been, like, a thousand bigger trivia contests. Because
2: now trivia, at least bar trivia, is, like, off off the chain. Everybody's doing yeah, Yeah. 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 So-, so
1: at the time, it was it was super long-running as the the world's largest trivia but it still
2: sounds like the name of a town that has one and a half
1: hotels stevens point yeah god they have one they have one that's all i'm saying i've stayed at one
2: how many how <laughs> how many people can be attending I this think, event
1: no I, stevens point is like uh probably the si- the size of uh your olivet where's what is that kankakee? town kankakee somewhere around there
2: okay then there'd be plenty of hotels yeah
1: all yeah right. and it's it's got like a big brewery out there point brewery which was like one of the the world's famous beers – uh, long ago, so I got some notoriety, and Ooh. it's a beautiful, beautiful town. All right, great, good enough. wasn't trying to besmirch.
3: And then
0: <laughs> uh, finally, we have the Prince and Me, which I am pretty sure I saw because Julia Stiles was in it. Mm-hmm. Um, the it's about she's she goes to college and meets this dude, doesn't know that he's a prince, and uh, then finds out. After- Oops! <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um. So,
1: um. Whoa. Yeah. This spawned three direct-to-video sequels. Really? God, <laughs> that's whole, crazy. There's a whole there's world. the Prince and Me, to the Royal Wedding, and oh. the Prince and Me, and our baby? colon a Royal honeymoon, and the Prince and Me colon the Elephant Adventure. <laughs> is Amanda
0: Bynes in any of these? <laughs> no, no.
1: she might as well. It's Cam Heskin is taking over for Julia Oh wow! Oh. Jesus Christ.
2: Awesome.
0: Uh, and look at how big
1: the Wikipedia summary is for I'm this fucking thing, man.
2: Wikipedia summary is <laughs>
0: unpredictable. Uh honorable TV mentions include that seventy show, which of course that is Wisconsin as fuck all the way through it. it. Sure enough is. That's uh, in a
1: fictional uh Wisconsin TV. Yeah, I think right? so.
0: I think so. Yeah. Um, but uh but yeah, I mean it's in the song even. <laughs> yeah. Hello, Wisconsin. How many, how many
1: seasons you- did this go for? Uh it went Seven. from
0: ninety nine to about two thousand six yeah seven eight seasons
1: maybe and you really like the show right yeah
0: well i've seen every episode of it
1: have you really mm-hmm. have you seen
0: this uh no i i watched the
2: first few seasons and i really liked it mm-hmm. uh, i never got around to watching the rest of it or the spinoff the 80s show oh did yeah, you ever see yeah i
0: did yeah that had uh shyler lee in it and um can't remember shyler lee was playing like some like real punked out girl in it but yeah they try they the problem with making a show like that is you're just too knowing at that point. That 70s show wasn't like trying to lay on the 70s references super thick right off the beginning. And mm-hmm. I feel like the 80s one kind of was. I mean, everything about it just felt like kind of like, let's try to recreate that magic. And Ooh. you just, you can't. You just,
1: no, that's why Stranger Things is so successful is that it has 80s references in there, but it's not all about the 80s. Mm-hmm. Right? You Same saw thing with that it.
2: lawsuit against them. Yeah. To- dropped as fuck right huh so there's a guy that they met at a oh, writer's mixer as fuck. Yeah. yeah and he had been suing them they were about to have to go into court and testify and then like 14 days out like he dropped it and his statement was like basically i have now been shown documents that prove
1: beyond a shadow of a doubt that they came up with this way before they ever met me there you go hmm. sorry yeah <laughs> wow hey uh, was everybody uh, super young in that 70s show when i know mila kunis
3: well
0: was. yeah mila kunis was 14 she that young i I think so because and she had i i would love i I think mila kunis probably has an awesome biography like she came (laughs) she was in russia i think they got she her family moved from russia she didn't know any english i think learned english from television and stuff Mm. like that but like the auditions for this i think they said you had to be 18 and she just somehow talked her way into it and and got them convinced that she was 18 she
1: i mean she's obviously very girlish but she's mature her character is mm -hmm. mature yeah like from the get-go right
0: Right. everybody else i believe was 18 i think the youngest might have been laura prepon Hmm. oh right. because i think she was like right at 18 i think
2: masterson's probably pretty old
0: though masterson's older than me yeah uh i think he was born in like 76 uh but uh topher grace was 78 79 mm. uh ashton kutcher was 78 79 they were all in that you know whatever but mila Kuhn was born in 83 and, man um, this
1: this show launched a lot of careers man. yeah
0: it did yeah sure did
1: and it had like a bunch of guest stars on there too right like, yeah a, like a ton of like oh yeah established there's some people who will who, be established
0: yeah there's a lot of people who eventually become famous for other things that mm-hmm. are on that show uh, i think gaffigan before people really know who jim gaffigan was was on the show you had uh seth meyer's brother oh that's right yeah yeah, yeah. uh then you had uh like people like uh um Jenna fisher was mm-hmm. on it and yeah there's a million people Tommy that-
2: Chong was on it way before Cheech Chong got <laughs> <it>. <laughs> Yeah
1: yes he was Man there was a there was a minute there where Vil- Wilbur Valderrama was like a thing Yeah Wasn't
0: he dating Lin- Lindsay Lohan Yeah he was he was a guy who dated everybody though He dated like, everybody yeah. right That was a famous Howard Stern interview or oh, I really? think they went down his laundry list but like uh they went down on they did <laughs> not to not to compare people to laundry i'm just saying they went down his list <laughs> yes uh <laughs> but no it's funny that the uh i saw i was watching a marathon of these one day and uh and they had some like bits in between where they had some interviews with some of the cast and ashton kutcher said you know you know, look, you see these guys, they they obviously think they're the most popular kids in the school, but you go into about six, seven seasons, no one new has joined the group. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe they're not as uh, good yeah, as they true. think they are. <laughs> uh, uh, wasting time getting stoned downstairs. Yeah, man. Uh, other other shows, big shows, Happy Days was huge. Oh, yeah. Um, Did you ever watch Happy Days? I've, I, when I was a kid, i have probably seen a lot of the episodes. I couldn't tell you any of them, though.
1: Oh, really? Yeah. Was this allowed in your... Yep. Was it really? Yep. Wow. Did you like it? You know why I think it was allowed?
2: Because mm-hmm. it had that kid from Andy Griffith show on it. <laughs> like, he, I'm serious. I think he like said wholesomeness, and there's nothing wrong with that what, show. What you mean? It was like, perfectly wholesome. You mean Ron right. Howard? Yes, that's what I mean.
1: Yes. Sorry,
0: <laughs> I thought you were being funny. I was like, <laughs> no, no, I wasn't. I wasn't thinking of his name. I just name didn't want right to be like, a, like oh, you mean Ron Howard, right? <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, but I think the show is ultimately pretty wholesome. Yeah. the only thing you could probably bark at would be. Fonzie having like two women on each other. Yeah, Fonz
3: fucking
1: yeah. tore through Wisconsin. Man. Yeah, he did. <laughs> I suppose so, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a nice show, though. Yeah, no, I, I think enjoyed so. it. I would probably enjoy it. Like, I, I bet it would hold up. Of course, you had the uh, the excellent callback back in 94, 94 with the Buddy Holly video mm-hmm. that uh, Weezer uh, did. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you remember that video? Mm hmm.
0: Uh, the spinoff was Laverne and Shirley. Mm hmm. Uh, Slamuel, Schlamazel, yeah, uh, which you know has that whole big Milwaukee thing at That's the right. beginning of it. That's right. Uh, I watched a bunch of Laverne and Shirley. I couldn't remember what any of those episodes. I, I really repressed a lot of my childhood. They <laughs> run together with me,
2: um, with the Cagney and Lacey episode.
0: No, oh, yeah. yeah. Laverne <laughs> and Shirley, Cagney <laughs> and Lacey. Oh
2: yeah, yeah. Rosalie yes. and Oh yeah, Cagney for sure. And Lacey. For sure.
1: They moonlighted <laughs> as, as beer bottlers. <laughs> And then their regular <laughs> career was private investigation. <laughs> I love Laverne and Shirley. Yeah. I bet there's some humor in there that I'm positive went straight over mm-hmm. my head. It was funny to me because of like the Lenny and Squiggy. That was yeah. Michael McKeon, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, and, you know, all that interaction and all the broad comedy. But I bet there were some references in there that were pretty subversive oh if yeah. you go back and watch it now
0: oh, oh yeah and uh then uh step by step which was part of that tgif uh lineup on abc oh, uh, did you ever watch it i did and i can't tell you anything about it i don't even remember who was it patrick, <laughs> patrick duffy, duffy. <laughs> behold my patrick duffy leg yeah yeah <laughs> patrick
2: duffy
1: is the only thing i remember about that show
0: step by
1: step day by day yep yep uh what now the patrick duffy leg
0: yeah 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 the the uh the 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 beast uh in south park that has the uh, yeah I
1: don't know what you're
0: talking about He holds He's like this beast that lives at the top of a mountain And he's
1: like Behold, you know, quiver in my presence Behold my Patrick Duffy leg yeah. And he up with like, yeah, at Patrick first,
0: Duffy too. At first it's Eric It's Eric making it up Like it's obviously he's making it up But then by the end of the episode A real one comes down and has a Patrick Duffy leg And then there's another episode Where they're recalling everything wrong They're remembering everything wrong yeah. they're on the bus and they're they're trying to get saved yeah, off yeah. the bus they're remembering all the it's like a clip show but they're remembering everything wrong and like it's 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 a tv announcer brett musburger is <laughs> 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 like hello i'm brett musburger <laughs>
1: um oh, this is suzanne summers too and kind of her yeah yeah,
0: yeah. uh then there's uh, yeah, picket fences which was uh tom scarrett and uh uh right yeah. Yes. You <laughs> can bear it head that I'm looking at this. No, I'm looking at it because this... Uh, did you ever watch this? I think I saw like one
1: episode of it. Did you watch it? Because it, it was like a like a small town mystery type of I thing, watched, right? I watched
2: the first half season of every
1: David E. Kelly show, mm-hmm. and then I lose interest. So.
2: Yeah.
1: Oh, really? Yeah. You lose interest? Yeah. So David Kelly is Ally McBeal, and is he the Boston
3: legal... Boston legal. legal yes. Pick at the offenses. practice...
2: I think the practice. There's one more before Picket Fences and Ally. I
1: think I'm. I think I'm with you. I stuck with Allie McBeal for almost the entire time. Uh, but yeah, I kind of lose interest too. But I'm. I'm totally on board because they've got a great look. They've got great writing. Probably he. He just bailed like mid season on writing, maybe, and just you know passed it off. And that's probably what mm-hmm. what suffers.
0: Uh, and he's uh he's married to Michelle Fiverr
1: that's a nice couple Mm -hmm. that's a nice pairing that's a handsome handsome couple yeah
0: i would say so and then finally soap opera the young and the restless Mm -hmm. uh, was set there uh and i have seen a lot of young and restless
1: By the way, yeah i didn't realize it was in wisconsin i didn't either um
0: but there was a you know there was that back in the day where like you'd be a kid and you'd be you know it's a summer day and you'd watch price is right Mm -hmm. and then young and the restless would come on right after that (laughs) and 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 like you're like i'm so lazy don't want to get up i'll even watch the young and the restless so i watched quite a bit back in my day yeah all right guys it's time to talk about movie again yeah and they've got a whole bunch of cool stuff going on right now um they've got a lot of documentaries Mm -hmm. uh one of them i watched was called tabloid Ooh. um
1: i was anxious to watch that one
0: yes tabloid is very good it's from errol morris who did the thin blue line Mm. um it's about this woman who falls in love with a Mormon missionary, and then the guy disappears, and she's like, I'm going to find this guy. So she she goes to L.A., and, and this is from her, her her words, by the way. So some of these things that she says, I don't know if it's entirely true or mm-hmm. not. There's other people who think they know, too, and it's one of those kind of documentaries. I tell you huh? what,
2: you said Mormon prophet something disappears. I totally forgot you were even talking about a documentary. <laughs> <laughs> it's the vanishing.
0: Yes, but uh, she goes to L.A. and works three jobs or something so that she can hire a private investigator, and private investigator finds out that this guy has been taken to England because it's part of his mission uh, his missionary uh, work and everything. And the Mormons basically took him out and said, hey, you're, you're going there now. And that's the most important thing in his life. So she goes out there basically from her words, She doesn't kidnap him, <laughs> but she takes him away. And then, and then the, the story gets salacious. Huh. They take her, she takes him to a place in Devon, England. And like, uh, according to one of the guys, uh, he she chained the guy spread eagle on the bed and he she had sex with him no until
3: yeah (laughs) and uh and uh
0: and then they thought she thought that they were going to get married he she felt like she had finally broken through because he was this he was uh brainwashed by the mormon uh, church and everything and uh because she claims that uh he thought that the Mormon Church told her, told him that she doesn't love him anymore. That's why he went to England without saying anything. Mm. And so she, she had obviously she had help. She had help from uh, this one guy who they, who the movie seems to think was in love with her, but just was unrequited um a, a pilot who took them there a private put a private jet to the to, to england and everything hmm. all these people were involved in this case and she became this sensational tabloid case oh. and um because the the story about you know her chaining the guy to the bed and all this other stuff got out Ooh. and then uh she claimed that was her first time she'd ever had sex but then the daily mirror tabloid found that in la she used to pose for for nude pictures in bondage and chains and all this stuff and and so the story just keeps getting what a to fucked up, up story. <laughs> and oh yeah by the way did i mention there's dog cloning in this <laughs> 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 fuck that's how bonkers uh,
3: this oh, documentary is that
0: sounds amazing yes <laughs> that Jesus sounds amazing Christ. it's fun it's a fun it's totally er, errol morris morris has this sort of style and I'm assuming it's he shoots a he shoots a, a person talking to the camera dead center, but it's a really wide shot. Oh. So every time someone and, and I mean, it's condensed on the screen so he can sort of place where he wants the person in the frame mm-hmm. where it has the same background. But, you know, it, it they, they can just keep cu- talking without, you know, him saying, hey, OK, stop. And now mm-hmm. finish that or whatever. So I think that's what he's doing on that. And that's what he does in a lot of these. He did that in the fog of war as well. Uh, But uh, anyway, he does that, he has that kind of that style. And it's just funny. It, like people, when people start talking and they say some of the most craziest things, uh, the guy's like the one guy's like yeah and he had she had him spread eagle and the word spread eagle comes up <laughs> on the screen <laughs> you know anyway um that is a um a really good movie that they have on right now
1: that's awesome Jeez. yeah man there's there's a lot of good selections just as we're recording today uh the uh, movie that we just talked about antichrist the lars von trier mm-hmm. uh movie that's Extremely interesting, extremely well shot. Very, very different.
3: Disturbing. Content.
1: Yes, uh, I, I mentioned that I actually, I think I, I would recommend this. Uh, watching it at least once. There's, there's, there's some questionable content in there. But what I want to talk about that that's still on as we. Uh, post this is a movie called Listen Up, Philip. Have you seen this? Mm. Have you seen this? No. It's it's like the next
2: one on this service that I want to watch.
1: This is uh, Alex Ross Perry is the director for this. Uh, he just uh, has a new movie, Her Smell, out right now. Mm-hmm. And this has got a great cast. It's got uh, Jonathan Price, it's got Elizabeth Moss, and it's got Jason Schwartzman as kind of what's supposed to be the lead character. He's Philip, right? Mm-hmm. And he is this irascible asshole. He is... Maybe the worst character I've ever seen on film. And I swear, like, without murdering somebody, right? (laughs) And and even worse than some murders. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, he is irredeemable. Mm -hmm. And I won't spoil how it ends, but, like, it's almost like he gets more and more entrenched. And so his girlfriend, he's a writer, or he's a a novelist. And he is wrapped up in his bullshit, man. Like, Mm -hmm. he is all about him like me he pushes exactly exactly (laughs) like you he pushes everybody away but some people find him endearing Mm -hmm. right including his girlfriend played by elizabeth moss elizabeth moss is i think one of my favorite actresses Mm -hmm. oh yeah she's amazing Mm -hmm. and she's amazing in this and becomes essentially the main character even though maybe she doesn't have the most screen time uh, as she tries to distance herself from this character and you know what she can do really well? She's got a great cry face. Mm. She mm-hmm. can cry like no other actress I've ever seen. She can cry to where she's not moving a muscle in her face, and like a tear will drop, Ooh. or she'll she can get scrunched up and really like into it, or she can do somewhere in between. She actually did the music video for that "On the Nature of Daylight"
3: uh, song
1: or, or piece of music that we really like. Mm. They did a music video of her literally in one take, or supposedly one take of her just walking down a city street and like down a hallway and all the while tearing up. Mm -hmm. She does that a lot in, in this movie and it's incredibly impressive. So I watched this movie and I'm like, it's, it's a very New Yorkie movie. It's a very quirky movie. It's about writers and shit like that. And I was like, for some reason, like this should be kind of like a, just a, a paper thin premise, pardon the pun. It stuck with me, and so I went back and I read reviews about it. It's Some people said, like, it's one of the modern cinema's, like, lo-fi budget, one of the best of this millennium. Wow. Okay. Uh, it's amazing. Gonna I would totally, to it, totally recommend it. Now, it is very low budget,
3: yeah. especially
1: given the star power on this. Uh, there's some sound issues. Huh. Uh, he's got a style of handhelds that, that have extreme close-ups. Are the
2: cars made out of cardboard?
1: The cars are made <laughs> out of cardboard. <laughs> They're just kind of <laughs> running along. Uh, it's it's fantastic. So there's there's a lot of stuff on here. It's crazy. Like all of our movie advertisements, we're essentially just talking about movies.
0: Yeah, and I'll I'll even talk about one more. And I know I think Jeremy's seen this too. Tape. Yeah, Ooh. Richard Letters. tape is um it's a this movie if you've ever seen something like oleana the david up david mamet mm-hmm. uh, thing or if you've seen doubt
3: mm-hmm. yeah.
0: um it's a uh, it's got that sort of feel to it because it's a it's about an incident that we don't know the truth about and it's characters arguing about what happened in that incident uh it sets up, tape sets up as uh, Ethan Hawke is this guy who has has come out to Michigan to see his buddy Robert Sean Leonard's new new film that he's made that's been 10 years since they've been in high school. You get the sense that they haven't really talked that much uh, that, over the years, but they still kind of remained friends, uh, and Ethan Hawke is just this, just, he's an absolute dick Mm. and in fact robert sean leonard you could probably make a bonus round out of the times robert sean leonard says stop being a dick (laughs) and uh ethan Hawke uh is just he's like he's drunk and he's a drug dealer and he's got all these like shady things about his character and everything but then they start talking about a girl that ethan Hawke used to date in high school that he knows that robert sean leonard had sex with just before they were done with the graduation and everything and he implies because he never got to have sex with his girlfriend and that she went and had sex with him, he must have raped her. Mm-hmm. So there's a whole big like conversation as to, did you or didn't you? And Robert Sean Leonard is always saying, I don't think I did. Mm-hmm. And the truth is always like just out of everybody's grasp here. Uh, Ethan Hawke doesn't know for a fact what happened. And Robert Sean Leonard doesn't remember it the way that he thinks that he that it happened. So it gets to the point where he's like, well, maybe I was a little rough. I don't know. And then eventually he admits something that was rough that's not rape, but he he does admit it. And Ethan Hawke's been recording him the whole time. Yeah. And uh then the girl that they're talking about is Uma Thurman shows up in the room and then there's a whole new perspective about mm-hmm. what's happening and mm-hmm. she has probably the best line in the movie where she's like "She's like you wanted the last word but it's not yours to have yeah and uh and her perspective on this by the way is very interesting i will i will leave it there if you've never seen tape uh i found this is the second time i've seen it I enjoyed this movie a lot more than I did when I first watched it, which was back in two thousand one when it came out, and uh, and uh, I highly recommend this one as well. Mm-hmm. There you go, three, you're three solid recommends. That's right. That
2: you're not going to get anywhere else. And we're the movie wants to let you watch ninety days worth of movies on their service. Four
1: one dollar (laughs) one
2: dollar one dollar i'll send you a dollar that that is a great deal yeah man uh and i think it's worth the price of admission for any one of the three movies that you just heard recommended
1: yeah it's limited time it's just for the can takeover can is in the can film festival uh so limited time uh i think it's uh may 24th i'll check that before i post this but if you sign up before may 24th Three months for one dollar. If you happen to be listening to this after May twenty fourth, twenty nineteen, you can still go to mubi.com slash cinema sins, M U B I dot com slash cinema sins, and our regular thirty day free trial offer is still good. So you're good either way. You're, good you're just know? gooder if you do it you're now.
0: Just gooder now, yes. All right. We'll get you some movie. That's right. Uh do we have time for recommends and awards? Yeah, baby balls. It won I- the Academy Award. Oh, for what? For best movie ever made. I can't wait. Okay, so uh, anybody want to start us off? I'll start off with The Warn. Oh, okay, it's angry. It's an angry Let's parrot. do it.
1: Extremely Evil, Shockingly Wicked, and Vile. Now, I have to look at this in my notes to get that title right. It's a yep. terrible title. That's a problem with this movie, but that is far from its peak problem. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so this is the ted bundy netflix zach efron movie. Yep. have either of you seen it yet? i haven't mm. it's at the top of my netflix page basically so i was like i'm gonna take a chance on this i hadn't seen a single review about it um and so zach efron is playing ted bundy and I was expecting to see some sort of like, okay, he's charming, obviously. We all know the story about Ted Bundy. He would charm women into, you know, letting their defenses down, and then he would brutally murder them. Mm-hmm. Uh at least thirty women, right, that we know about. Uh so he's like you know, talk about Jeffrey, Jeffrey Dahmer, he's up there in maybe the worst yeah. serial killer in American history. And so it starts off just like that. He is uh seducing this woman and he eventually you know comes into her life where she's got a young daughter they're shown with like stock footage like home video stuff getting along doing the family thing he's a doting boyfriend and all this stuff he's a law student mm-hmm. and so i'm like all right all right all right now we're gonna see the real shit underneath it come up and it kept on going and then it, it switched to bundy's perspective and he's like i'm gonna fight this i'm i'm innocent this kind of thing and to where the girlfriend isn't even in the picture anymore. So it's not like her story anymore, mm-hmm. even though it's based on her story. Mm-hmm. And I kept waiting for them to show the underbelly, to show the evilness behind this guy. Mm-hmm. It never happens. Yeah. It never fucking happens. Mm. He's the protagonist of this story. Now, I've read reviews to where people are, are reading into this and saying, well, that's the movie is taking a stand saying that this is the, the outward persona that everybody saw. And that's what makes him so evil is that you know even the viewer is seeing just the superficial you know positive side of this when in fact there's this underlying thing fuck that Mm -hmm. fuck that that's a disservice to all the victims the best the victims get by the way is a fucking title card at the end of this movie that flashes up for Mm -hmm. probably eight seconds Mm -hmm all 30 of their names on the same fucking card
0: yeah, yeah th- this is uh this was and i think joe Burlinger did both of these um and that's a shame because Burlinger did uh all of the uh, paradise lost documentaries that are so good mm-hmm. but um but that's the main criticism with his documentary that he made on ted bundy is that it didn't have uh anything about the victims in it now i watched it uh and and, and, and enjoyed it you however, saw the documentary yeah the documentary uh and i in- enjoyed it however you enjoy a movie i mean or a series about a serial killer but mm. um but they're right they're right they there there was room especially in the miniseries form to focus on the victims now yeah. the movie itself obviously is taking that it's the judge what the judge says to him at, when he's sentencing mm-hmm. him. Who's uh, played
1: by sudden John Malkovich,
0: by the way? Sudden John Malkovich. <laughs> yeah, hey, I can just imagine him chewing into that too. You're extremely evil, shockingly vile you know and we- wicked. Is he actually the- he actually doesn't.
1: He it's doesn't it's, it's do one that? of the most understated John Malkovich performances I've seen. Oh, really? There's sudden Haley Joel Osman in this movie. Mm-hmm. There's there's a lot of weird sudden things. Your, your girl that you were talking about, Kaya oh, Mo- Scodelario is in this. Uh Lily Collins plays The Girlfriend. Mm-hmm um there's good performances zach efron is really really good in this Mm -hmm. but i i refuse to buy into this the concept of this movie
0: i think after these these two things have come out surely there's somebody out there who's like let's take it from their perspective instead and and tell that story instead of because as this the miniseries cannot stop telling you he was so good looking and yes, charming yes and, you know fuck you right fuck you documentary right. fucking movie <laughs> so uh yeah i'm not surprised that you didn't like this and i'm not surprised that once again because Burlinger did both of these mm. that the, the focus is more on bundy and how charming he is than it is about the killings
1: it is it's it's like they treat ted bundy in this movie like leo and catch me if you can like, mm. oh, he's gonna escape. You're rooting for him to escape. Yeah, Ooh. and you know he he tries to get out of this prison. You're like, oh, he's gonna make it. He's gonna make it. And you find yourself rooting for this character. And it, I I, I refuse to take that position. And this was uh, written on ebert.com So, I, with the utmost respect, I refuse to I, I differ in opinion mm-hmm. to say that we're presented with this facade and we're supposed to read underneath it. Fuck that. No, the movie is presented like he's the hero of this fucking story. Mm -hmm. And it's, if it weren't, it's like the P.T. Barnum thing, right? If it weren't based on a real person, maybe you would. Maybe you would have some questions about whether this is real or not, Mm -hmm. that kind of thing, right? But if you base it on the actual person, you're fucking the victims again Mm -hmm. by holding him up, by, by putting him up on a pedestal. Yeah. It was, it was like, viscerally offensive to me Mm -hmm.
2: well and it's it's frustrating for me when we have when there are our current modern killers they tend to be in america and they tend to be mass shooters but there 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 was a swell for several years there of let's stop reporting this person's name Mm -hmm. that's part of what drives the next guy to do it and the most recent one from my news consumption It worked. Right. I don't know the name of the shooter. I know the name of the kid who jumped on him to stop him. Right. But if we're going to come around in 25 years
1: and make movies about the shooter exactly then exactly. what's the fucking point exactly yeah no this is this is total glorification i haven't seen that miniseries but i've read about it to where it focuses because it's the ted Bundy tape it's his conversation mm-hmm. right yeah and so and that's
0: what i took from it like i, I understand you should want to see you want to see the victim's perspective who they were as people all of that but it, it i never felt like it was framed that way and unfortunately, the movie that you, you know, this title basically just says this is what kind of movie you're about to watch. So th- they have a chance there to try to do that and they didn't. And yeah. So there's a, you know, it, there's a failure on the, on that part.
1: It really is. And they've, they've got all of it built up. Like, uh, there's also sudden Jim Parsons in this movie. <laughs> Acting not cartoonishly Jim Parsons-y, yeah. he's, he's the prosecuting he's attorney. He's like
0: that in uh, Hidden Figures. I think he's sort of Is getting he? getting away from that.
1: Yeah, he's actually really good in this. He <clears throat> He's the lone hero, basically. He's the prosecuting attorney in Florida mm-hmm. that finally gets him um and uh you know you could focus more on like his strategy and like the the hurdles that he had to go through with the publicity was the first ever uh uh, televised trial in america um the fact that there was these adoring girls showing up to the courtroom that were in love with him uh and and like his upward climb even though it's a the case itself is a slam dunk and no no we wanted to focus more on zach efron's not ted bundy defending himself and making him the star of the show
0: there was even a girl i think they showed in the footage in the miniseries that had a sign that said murder me ted
2: jesus it's not it's not unlike the r kelly groupies Yeah.
0: yeah 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 It's 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 that fame. It's fame, isn't it? Something fame, about fame, man.
1: T- I mean, he was articulate. He was good looking. Fuck you, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, exactly. That's what offends me most. Is exactly what you said, Jeremy. Is if we're propping this guy up thirty years after he got executed, what's the motivation to not do that? If you have those proclivities, yeah, Right. No, mm-hmm. I'm,
2: I'm with you. Yeah. Uh, my next th- my next Netflix viewing, by the way, is going to be this Chinese blockbuster, The Wandering Earth. Oh yeah. <laughs> by the way. Many, many aside, um, I saw about 12 different versions of the same headline three or four days ago. Third highest grossing movie of 2019 hits Netflix and no one notices. <laughs> and I'm like, OK, but the article spells out it was a Chinese language, mm-hmm. Chinese blockbuster that I'm not even sure it had a theatrical release in the US. <laughs> so, hey. of course, no one notices because the US, the Americans don't give a shit. We yep. don't know anything about it. But I'm like, I'm curious, right? Then yesterday I read a headline that sealed the deal and it said $700 million grossing Chinese blockbuster The Wandering Earth is unwatchable. What? And I am all in, baby. Yeah. <laughs> two and a half hours of Chinese language, unwatchable sci-fi. I am all in. Is it sci-fi? It's sci-fi, uh, baby. Yeah, I can't good. wait. That's my next Netflix watch. That's not even a recommender worn. I just uh, wanted to bring that up. Do
0: you, have, do you have anything?
2: I do. Okay. I have two recommends. I'll use one in each round. Okay. Uh, I'm way late to the party on this. So if you want to leave comments telling me how late to the party I am on this, it's fine. You're late to the party, Jeremy. It's a podcast. I think it's had four seasons. It's very popular. Celebrities like it. So popular, they made an HBO special very recently that has just begun running on HBO, and I watched it. Mm. And it's called My Dad Wrote a Porno.
1: Hmm. Have you heard of this? I saw saw most of that first episode. Well, I think they only made the one episode
2: on TV. Oh, okay. And the rest is all podcast.
0: I was in tears laughing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so the
2: basic premise is it's three British comedians, one guy and his two friends. And the, the his dad used to and still does write self-published, terrible, softcore porn fiction.
1: Yeah, it's like a it's like dime store erotic fiction. Right? It's like yeah, penny yeah. store erotic <laughs> fiction.
2: <laughs> and the the premise of the podcast is every episode he reads a chapter <laughs> from one of his dad's books. And he and his friends just react to it in real time, not unlike a Sins video or Mystery Science Theater kind of thing. So the HBO special is they found some lost chapter that had never been part of any of the books, and they filmed it with a live audience. And it's fucking hysterical. Like There's one part where the way the the guy reads it is really fantastic. Oh, yeah. Because he's read it beforehand, but his two friends don't know anything that's coming. Mm -hmm. And so he'll read lines very deliciously. And he's like, and then she opened up her cervix. <laughs> and,
3: and like and the
2: audience reacts and the girl the girl that's a friend of his goes, "Now now this is a problem." And the, the main guy's like, "Yes, now my dad does not know what a cervix is. <laughs> he simply thinks it's another word for vagina." And then they pause it and the girl puts on a lab coat and they pull up this slide projector with a with the woman's reproductive system and <laughs> blanked out labels and she gives like an anatomy lesson on, it. "Oh my god, by the time it was done, like my wife was like, you need to quiet down because I can't focus. I was laughing so fucking hard, but apparently there's only the one hour oh, okay. long special, okay. so I'm gonna have to go back. And I think they've now on the podcast even made their way through all of the guy's current writings. Oh really?
1: I think he's still writing. I hadn't heard of this podcast he just, either. He
2: just po- He just posts it online, like anybody can. And it's so bad to hear his son read it. It's just fucking hysterical. This
1: guy um, goes every line, and then they have a commentary.
0: Yeah, they do. <laughs> it's
1: just, it's really, really good.
0: Yeah, yeah. I had oh. not heard of it either. I'm gonna have to check that out. At uh,
2: least the HBO special, you would dig it. For yeah, sure. yeah. Uh,
0: I'm gonna go on my recommend here and uh, go with the HBO series Chernobyl. Ooh, Ooh yeah. I see okay. This. The show is. Phenomenal! Oh, they've had two episodes. Two episodes so far. It'll have five total. Um, uh, I was nine when Chernobyl happened. It was the same year Challenger happened and everything. And you know, I I guess if you were of age, you probably thought the world was coming to an end. Mm. Uh, I I think I'm glad that I was nine back when this happened because I didn't think there was any danger. Something that happened in Russia and it was bad. Uh. It, interestingly I, you know after i watched the first episode which is just so ridiculously riveting because it starts off with starts off with jared harris he's a guy who was helping out uh, with the investigation and the the um uh, the cleanup of chernobyl and everything and he's he's uh basically making these audio tapes of what he what his conclusions were in the in the chernobyl case hmm. this is like 1988 uh it flashes back and uh, you just see this normal couple at home, wandering around, and like you can see the the plant in the very far background, and this like light come up, and huh. then and then like later on, this is the mm. this rumbling on their house and everything, and it goes into it goes into the plant and these. These uh, all these scientists are like, you know, what are we gonna do? We're, like, they don't they don't know what's happened. They have no idea what's happened. Mm. They just know that something bad has happened, and they're reading they're they're reading the uh, the runken on it, which is the how much I guess uh, like it measures sort of X ray radioactive mm. uh, was, and uh, their their thing only goes to three point eight but they or 3.6 and they're like it says 3.6 on this and and the the guy who's in charge is like 3.6 well all right well that's not that's that's bad but it's not horrifying or whatever but he's not thinking about the fact that it's maxed out and it could be way higher yeah. and the whole first episode is these guys who are are still alive in in the plant like running around like trying to figure out can they find people to save uh what really happened at the core and a lot of denial going Mm. on uh people who are like you know the core exploded and they're like there's no way that this core could explode we by the way that's a big mystery that's going through this whole thing how did this core explode the way they have it all set up it should be impossible Hmm. but they're they're getting they're slowly getting to that point it's sort of a little thread they didn't count on bruce willis and his
2: son showing up they sure (laughs) didn't
0: he was in russia at the time (laughs) but uh but it's them going through the the plant and everything and then you just know you know just looking at a lot of the stuff like uh, you know, the firefighters come out and, and everybody's like, you know, there's a couple of mentions where do you taste metal? Mm. Do you taste metal? And then like uh, one guy's hand starts burning because he touched one of these black rocks, which turns out to be graphite. And mm. it's part of the core. And when whenever somebody says, hey, yeah, I saw graphite, the people who are like high above are like, you didn't see graphite. The core didn't explode. There's no way that the core exploded. Wow. So there's a whole bunch of denial and they want to make sure everybody is feels like they're safe so they don't go into a red alert mode about this mm. even though it's c- pretty clear what's happened hmm. and um and so like every time somebody comes in and says well we measured the you know the Rontgen here uh we took in our our biggest one it blew up so we tried a one that was <laughs> we true we tried one that was a little smaller and it, it went to 200 and so then they start going on that basically like oh it was only 200 or whatever but even at 3.6 there's a point in the second episode where Jared Harris is like, like because everybody Stellan Skarsgård's one of these big politician guys. He's like, and I hear that uh, 3.6 is uh, is just like a chest X-ray, mm-hmm. and uh, and Jared Harris is like, N- actually, it's more like 400 chest X-rays, oh, <laughs> and, and uh, so that whole first episode is riveting. It's unbelievably great. The second episode is more about the what are we going to do about this. It's the slow. Come to the realization that okay, something way worse happened, hmm. and we're going to have to do something about it. And uh, the the interactions between Jared Harris and Stellan Skarsgar are great in that second episode.
1: Wow, yeah, uh, those are two powerhouses.
0: Yeah, and uh, and there's a there's a a sci- a nuclear physicist who was in Minsk uh, that z- detects zero point eight rotkin at her facility which is 400 kilometers away Mm. and she figures it out that chernobyl must have been the one that that exploded and she's trying to she wants to help she's a nuclear physicist she thinks she has the the answers and everything so she goes to whatever whoever is in charge of wherever she is and uh she says i think that chernobyl exploded and they need my help because they're 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 doing some things that are wrong out there and the guy and the, the 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 sort of the minister of whatever he is, is like, he's like, oh, this is a 3.6 runken. It's no big deal. Uh, you know, uh, and she goes, it's it's definitely more than that. We wouldn't be getting any readings out here if it was that. And he goes, well, I like my interpretation better. And she goes, I'm a nuclear physicist. <laughs> you were in charge of a shoe store before you became this blah, 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 blah. And she's an amalgam of a whole bunch of scientists in Russia back in the day. Uh, There's a podcast that they've already started, HBO has already started on this show, that I haven't been able to get all the way through yet, Uh, but they start talking about how, uh, you know, it's interesting how when Chernobyl happened, and, and then it was over, no one ever really figured out what actually happened. Like We don't, you don't know that offhand. Yeah. What actually happened? Like you can, you can go through all the technical stuff of Challenger and you can go through all the, you, you know, everybody knows the reasons why a lot of this stuff happened. I never understood what Chernobyl happened, how Chernobyl happened. And so like that was their sort of their investigation. The last 10 minutes of that second episode are tense as fuck. Ooh. Uh, so this is a, break the scale high recommend wow more than 3.6 more than Rungan. 3.6 Rungan. uh uh the, it is insanely good and i'm it, you know it's one of those series it obviously has it's a it's got to be a mini series right it can't be it can either be a full movie or it's a mini series it's one of those things that's so good though that you wish that they could find a way to give you 25 episodes
2: wow wow mm-hmm.
3: wow so All right. There you right.
2: go. You know when you go past three-point... Yeah.
3: <laughs> Never mind.
2: <laughs> you got a warn?
1: <laughs> no, I actually did my warn already. So I've got to recommend. Talk about being late to the party, even though I've seen this about six months ago, uh, but it's still on Netflix right now. It's called To All the Boys I Loved Before.
2: Oh, I remember reading Good Things. Hmm. Have you
1: seen this yet? No. Uh, this is uh, Lana Condor is the main character in this, and she's a high school girl and she has this predilection for writing love letters to boys and then not sending them. She keeps them in a box in her closet. Mm-hmm. So the movie goes on to uh, have her sister uh, release these letters because they're actually addressed to the boys. And the mm. boys actually get the, oh, the letters. okay. And that starts the inciting incident and everything. Her um, a jerk. Her sister is a jerk, but this is a very... Interesting movie. So it's a coming-of-age movie. It's a rom-com. It's about a Vietnamese-American uh, family, uh, three sisters that get along really, really well. Uh, their mother has died, but their father, who's played by John Corbett, huh. uh, is like a successful uh, ob He has a great relationship with all three of his kids. Uh, the Laura Jean is the main character. Her uh, sister has just gone off to college, and her other sister is younger, the one that releases the letters. And it's just... A really nice realistic portrayal of high school. It's funny, but it's not like overly comedic. It's more like kind of real world uh consequences type of thing. It's a show uh, or a movie? It's a movie. Oh, okay. It's a movie and it's absolutely delightful. It got very, very good uh praise back last year, I think summer of last year's. I'm when it almost came positive, I read they're making another one. Uh I would go along with it. Uh I mean, I think the story's pretty well contained the way it is, but I'd probably revisit this. It's not a bad Willie Nelson song either. Uh <laughs>
3: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. nice. Mm-hmm.
0: Nice All the girls I've loved before. <laughs> never <laughs> see Willie Nelson in concert. That's if I have that's I've if,
2: never seen someone try less. That's
0: if uh Jimmy sure. Stewart was trying to do Willie Nelson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not i I'm not
2: an impressionist. <laughs> uh
1: I saw Willie Nelson with Bob Dylan in Louisville and it was awesome
0: uh he was
2: only like singing every other line and he was
1: oh you waving. must have got him on a bad weed night. i may
0: have i yeah. may have i've heard this about willie nelson though i've heard this pretty regularly about live shows that, that it's not good that it's not good
1: oh man i must have hit him on a good must- maybe he was trying because he was playing with dylan maybe um but man yeah i was impressed with how good of a guitar player he is uh of course this was 10 12 years ago um but yeah, I thought he was I thought he was good. I, kind I mean, I like Willie.
2: Night. I'm not trying to bag on Willie.
1: But anyway, go and you guys, I think, would dig this this movie. To all the boys I loved all right, before. Good,
2: good. All right. Good, good. Uh, I have up? another recommend. Yep. We talked about this on the road trip a while back, and I think I was the only one who had seen it, or at least the only one that had remembered it, and I watched it again last night, and it's Terrence Malick's Badlands. Ah, uh, yes. Hmm. The first thing that jumped out to me on the rewatch last night 'Cause if you remember, I told you I'd seen it right after I got married about ten years ago when I didn't have cable. Yeah, yeah. And I was left with whatever the over the air HD channel was gonna show me, and it was a lot of obscure movies, and this was one of them. But this this viewing last night, it opens with a song, and you're I'm like, fucking true romance. Can you know in true romance, like their Caribbean steel drum kind of theme where it's like Dum, doo-dum, doo-dum, yeah, Dum, yeah, 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 Dum, yeah. Doo-dum, yeah, yeah. Doo-dum. That's this fucking movie's theme reworked i do a little google foo tarantino specifically even though he didn't direct the film told the composer the music guy i want you to riff on the badlands theme wow and it comes back and it's basically martin sheen and sissy spacex you know killer lovers theme as uh. it uh, comes and goes and made me think wow he might, he wrote all of true romance as some kind of an homage to Badlands, <laughs> yes <laughs> because wow. they meet they fall in love way too quick. Her father's not really down mm-hmm, with the idea. Mm-hmm. They run off together and they go on a killing spree. Mm-hmm. Um, Sissy Spacek is a little less willing participant than Patricia Arquette. Mm-hmm. Um, and she eventually leaves him. Uh, I don't even know if I think this is a great movie. Mm-hmm. Um, you can tell that Malik likes good scenery, but he doesn't love
1: it. Like, so this is before he really he the movie, dives into Yeah, that, there are
2: so. activities the humans are doing that make sense that you can follow. There's not a lot of dialogue. Mm-hmm. Um, and only toward the end, when they get to the Badlands, does he start giving you this like you know scenery porn uh, that I think almost his entire career yeah. has come to be known for. Uh, but I really enjoyed watching this. This is super young. This is probably the youngest I've ever seen Charlie Sheen. This came out in 73. Mart- Martin Sheen. Martin Sheen. Sorry. Well, Charlie was definitely young. Yeah. <laughs> um, came out in 73. Sissy Spacek looks 12. She's playing, yeah. I think, like a teenager. Um, but I had a good time with it. And I'm not even really big on those natural born killers, California, mm. you know, couple mm. in love who like to murder kind of movies. Mm. Uh, but I really enjoyed it. And I would give it a high recommend.
1: Yeah. But so you know- the scenery porn at the end, though, it seems like that would be amazing because I imagine the Badlands as being like this almost hellscape. Type of thing of like browns and blacks and stuff like that. Yeah. As it is, there's
2: even a scene where they're driving, and the narration says something about all of them. They they were from Texas, so they had never seen mountains. Mm. And Martin Sheen says something about I've never seen anything so beautiful in all my life, and he's looking off ahead. And you know, any minute the camera's going to cut and show you the view he's looking. They're driving literally through the grass, by the way, (laughs) not on roads. They're Mm -hmm. just driving through the grass. And then it shows you what they see. Eh. (laughs) You can see a a mountain way off in the distance, and it's pointy. But there was none of that. There was none of that. Like,
3: I think a lot of
2: his stuff, uh, you know, in Thin Red Line or New World. There's nothing. I didn't even think the Badlands nature porn came close to that stuff.
1: Mm -hmm. Uh, But But it's a recommend.
2: It's a recommend for me for sure. Cool. All right.
0: Mm. i have a i have a, an extreme wreck of war here <laughs> uh we were we talked about this in one of our summer previews or fall previews or whatever <laughs> back in the day but uh the movie serenity starring matthew mcconaughey and Anne <laughs> oh <Hathaway>. lord god <laughs> this is right up your fucking everybody channel.
2: in the world is record warning this to me <laughs> <laughs> yeah
0: um so when you saw the trailers it was like what the hell is this movie <laughs> because because yep. there were there were points where it's it had wicker man ish type of uh vibes to it because there's that point where he's like telling the person behind the counter like you know uh do you know what's going on here don't you and she's like just stares at him and goes well you have a nice day and blah blah blah, blah <laughs> and all that and you're like what is everybody in on it is this movie like red rock west where like you know uh, she comes in and says, I'll uh, kill my husband. And then he comes back and says, kill my wife. And mm. then, you know, it, it's sort of like stuck in between. None of that happens. Um, but uh, so the story is Matthew McConaughey and his partner is Jim and Hounsou, in this. They're fishermen. Ma- McConaughey is uh, is obsessed with this one huge like tuna that is out in the water that keeps eluding him um and the very beginning of this is him like he's almost got him and then something happens and he he just he just misses he whiffs uh he starts having money troubles because you know a trip like that was not to go out to get that big tuna but it was to get a bunch of other fish and get like you know money for them (laughs) um and uh and so he starts running into financial troubles. He's like banging Diane Lane and Diane Lane gives him money. I don't know what the arrangement is there. She <laughs> says Well, she says something like you're you're no better than a hooker and he's he says something like I'm a hooker who d- who can't buy any hooks. <laughs> oh boy. And um he's not I mean that's it, that's just it. He's he is banging her for money but like there's some other issue with it. I don't know what's <laughs> going on. Uh so Anne Hathaway shows up out of nowhere into the bar and found that we find out that he used to be married to her. They have a kid. She left him for some dude. And this dude is Jason Clark. Jason Clark is like some Miami gangster guy. Um, and, uh, she offers McConaughey $10 million to kill him, take him out on the boat and make it look like an accident. And the sharks eat him. Uh, mcconaughey is reluctant to do that at first uh but uh, sort of his uh, he starts finding out that jason clark is abusive towards her and and probably getting close to being abusive to his own son Ooh. and that starts making it personal and we haven't even gotten to the part where this movie's like the lego movie
2: (laughs) all i could say is if that elusive tuna somehow ends up helping him kill
0: jason clark i'm all in so let me mouth the answer to you
3: <laughs>
0: is this on the movie channel or did you buy the blu-ray, I got the blu-ray. I, uh, really like uh, i can't i can't i can't be trusted when i go into a, a best buy i just go ahead and buy <laughs> just go ahead and buy all the stuff that's there i even bought a movie that uh I bought it strictly because of the the uh the parallels but Mads Mikkelsen is in a movie called Arctic. Yes. Oh yeah, yeah yeah. yeah <laughs> so yeah. there's a polar and there's an Arctic. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so I bought that too but uh but you know anytime something like that where it's like there's a little bit of intrigue to this <laughs> I'm going to buy it. Yeah. And uh that movie is absolutely bonkers i can't go much farther than that without spoiling it but spoiling it would be fun
3: yes
0: (laughs) there is a point but i can spoil this there is a point where anne hathaway tells mcconaughey she's like uh you know she's basically trying to seduce him and she says you know do you remember when we first met you gave me this ring it was under a bridge and this was the first time i ever had sex and blah 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 and, uh, and then he's like, yeah, of course I remember that. And then he's like, then he finally is like, all right, well, I'm going to do this, but none of this, none of this means we're back together. And then they start having sex. <laughs> and, uh, and so it's like, it's the, it's a terrible, terrible on a boat shadows in the most uncomfortable place and position possible <laughs> sex going on for about three pumps. And then he, <laughs> he gets, he gets up and he's like, that's all right. I beat him. I won. <laughs> <laughs> I guess because he had his dick in her. I don't know. Don't know what he means by that. But <laughs> <laughs> I have a weird
1: experience with this movie because I wanted to see it, and so I, I read the reviews about it. it. Totally got spoiled on on the the whole narrative structure of it. Okay, and because it was such a weird narrative structure. I kept reading about it. I kept, I I was kind of borderline obsessed about reading about it. And so I come over today and I get here a little bit early and Chris is watching like the last 20 minutes of it. And I get all set up up here and I go down and he has paused it nicely because he doesn't want to spoil the ending for me and i was like don't worry about that i want to see the ending to this fucking movie and it says bonkers it's It's insane in a
0: weird different way and then he went back and showed me that sex (laughs) it is verifiably insane and i don't think that this i i really don't think that the the thing that we're not talking about has anything to do with it like it it does in a literal way. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it doesn't in like any like meaningful way at it's hard to, it's hard to explain. <laughs> uh, but Wreck of it's a definite, it's definitely on the warn side more than it is recommended. But, but. but you have to see how ridiculous this movie is. <laughs> Okay. Well, uh, that'll do it for this week. Uh, keep going to Sincast presented by CinemaSins. Uh, CinemaSins Twitter. Uh, we have, uh, SoundCloud. Mm-hmm. We have, uh, uh, CinemaSins Patreon. And the, you know what? And, and CinemaSins Discord. There were some people, some very helpful people who were uh, g- giving me links to how to get into Patreon and invites and stuff like that, but uh, if you want to be invited onto Discord or whatever, then uh, come on to uh, Cinema uh, uh, syncast presented by CinemaSins, and I'll give you a link awesome. if you want to get awesome. on to uh, Discord for some reason if you can't get on it or uh, whatever. I'm still trying to work out what, it, what it's all uh, about and everything. I like uh, Discord,
1: but it's... It's
0: sometimes confusing. <laughs> it is. Uh we're old. <laughs> yeah. We're very old and uh and uh yeah, and uh there's some very helpful people on there. It's just that all of this came up like in the past few hours. So mm-hmm. I can't I can't tell you all the intricate details of it yet but uh go on the uh, syncast presented by cinema and i can maybe give you a link to get into discord if you want to get onto. Sweet, discord. and if
2: you come to the Cinemasins subreddit i'll give you a link to something else there you go mm. yeah be mystery links yeah you never know what you're gonna get oh yeah <laughs> uh
0: so uh, that'll do it for this week it's chris atkins and jeremy scott and barrett share we'll see you next time
1: thanks for listening comment on our episodes on our soundcloud page check us out on youtube
0: twitter facebook
1: and reddit and be sure to visit cinemasins.com you you use the imdb app though right Mm
0: -hmm. quite a bit imdb Entity. But the the, the they it even even it has its uh issues though, because if I want to look for there's something on the app version of the IMDB that they don't actually uh include and there's and it's information I wanna it's like either filming locations. I think it's filming locations. Yeah, there's
1: something quirky. Or about
0: it. studios they don't put. And and a lot of times I want to look up what a studio is mm-hmm. and they I have to go all the way to the bottom and find their you know their mobile version
3: of the website well and that's yeah. the
2: other thing is i have to go seven clicks deep for a piece of information whereas like if i go to imdb in a web browser on a on a pc
3: mm-hmm.
2: and i type in christian bale and, and click yes it's going to bring up his filmography like that mm-hmm. if i open the app and type christian bale it's going to bring up a christian bale screen and somewhere in there is a text link that says filmography. Yeah. And no. if I don't click yeah, yeah, yeah. it, I can't yeah, yeah. see the filmography. That yeah, shit yeah. drives me crazy. It does. Mm. Yeah.
1: And it, it's depending on like the preamble, it's in different spaces yeah. on the page yeah. too.
0: Depending on what's
2: being advertised.
1: Yeah. Fuck that.
0: Seriously. There's there's a, a certain kind of movie that I will schedule. There's a certain kind of movie out there that doesn't make any money, but it's got the name recognition. Yeah so mortal engines aragon warcraft all of those have that (laughs) assassin's creed assassin's creed all have the name recognition so when you say everything wrong with that then you get uh you know one of those you know four-tiered type of things where like people who hated the movie uh people who love the books yeah (laughs) and are offended
2: by the movie right i actually when i was wrapping up that script i was like you know Jonathan and I both clearly hated this. Let me go double check, make sure we're not like off on some island. It's got a 26 on Rotten Tomatoes, mm. and I was like, "Yep, okay, we nailed it." This yeah. it's,
1: shit. it's an actually like it, it's a terrible movie.
2: Oh yeah, I mean, God, yeah. Dude. I saw a lot of comments on the video this morning before I came down here that said basically, you you really do need to read the book just to understand the movie, and because a lot of this... are there
1: multiple books?
2: Apparently, okay. Yeah. And this is something I think Peter Jackson bought the rights. I think like a decade ago, the books were popular like in the in the aughts, like in the early two thousands. Oh, yeah. And I think he bought the rights somewhere around in there when Lord of the Rings was going bananas, and just didn't get around to
0: making them or producing it until now.
3: <laughs> I could, yeah, I mean, I remember seeing the I remember
0: seeing the trailer just going, "This is going to be awful." And they tried to, the trailer was awful. And they tried to come out with it during a really busy holiday season that you know that just had no chance.
2: And apparently, in the book, she's like massively scarred like she's missing an eye and she's disfigured
1: oh yeah of course they're not gonna do and that
2: and then in the movie, the movie they gave her like one little line yeah, well there's so, that like, sin i know because <laughs> that lady's making fun of her scars and i'm like she's hot man what are you talking about who's that uh girl the girl from maze runner i can't say her name oh
1: is that uh, the same one
2: is it Kaya yes
1: oh she's in uh the uh oh shit what did i just want oh uh extremely wicked oh yeah the ted bundy
0: power. then yeah Kaiascoda, Kaiascodalario, Kaiascodalardo, it?
2: It wow. sounds like it sounds like like a extreme sport.
1: Yeah. <laughs> By the way, it's it's Hira Hilmar in uh, Mortal Engines.
2: Okay, so, so it's so. not the girl from Maze Runner. It's
1: not the girl from Maze Runner. Yeah, she does look an awful lot like her, though. Come on, look, see. There's that. There's that. And
2: what is the what is the God? We just wasted five minutes. What is the man? What is the Mortal Engines girl from? Then she's got to been something else. The only
1: thing she's been in is Anna Karenina. I saw that. Uh, and uh, the Romanovs. That I didn't that I really.
2: You know the Romanovs. You could probably do a whole podcast on what went wrong there. Because have you seen it? No, but that's my point. Is that <laughs> it was the Mad Men guys got a new show. It's about the Romanovs and all these people who think the Romanovs, and it's got uh, literally three hundred A list stars in it. And yeah. I don't know one person who saw it.
0: Mm-hmm. Was it on Showtime? I, I don't know. I don't
1: know.
2: <laughs> it obviously
0: didn't get enough buzz or praise. It was on oh, that geez. new streaming service, Squee. <laughs>
1: Squee. <laughs> Squee. Mm. What was it on? Uh, was it on Prime?
2: It was on Hulu or Prime. It must have been on Prime, but wow. I don't. I, I had never heard anyone else. I saw that trailer over and over and over, where they say Romanovs, 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 and maybe that's why no one watched it because the trailer was like, I don't know, an exercise in
1: patience. <laughs> Diane Lane was in that. Wow. Aaron Eckhart, John Slattery was Look in at that.
2: everybody's in that show, man. It's like it's one of those like anthology oh. shows where every episode is a different person who thinks they're connected to the Romanovs.
1: But it's but it's in the the present day. Yes interesting
2: it's a it's a solid premise i'm telling you it must be like a c plus or b minus for it to have like literally no buzz no fans the no series, cult following
1: yeah the series has a 7.0 yeah on uh imdb wow the romanoffs i yeah actually no it wasn't that god what was the the show i would see they would wrap entire subway cars <laughs> in uh chicago with this thing was it The Tudors maybe? Maybe. What well, was the one with Jonathan Reese I was in Reese New York Myers. when
0: uh, well that's The Tudors but it. I was in New York when The Tudors so I don't I don't know if that was maybe maybe it was like the 4th or 5th season or it
1: something. It was it was something like that because, this. because it was when I was riding subways
0: I was riding subways in New York there were entire cars dedicated to The Tudors inside and out yes. right yeah 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 every single placard <laughs> had The Tudors in it That's nuts. It may
1: have been for it may have been that or like Peaky Blinders or I don't know. It was one of those like ensemble the something you know we tried to to buy ad space for a clinical trial on the the train because we'd have a lot of potential patients on there right sure and to buy like half of a placard this size was like almost 10 grand for like for a week Mm -hmm. right so for somebody to fucking wrap an entire car yeah and multiple ones multiple
0: ones like for multiple days they're spending probably a million dollars well maybe they have a bulk price or something
2: well that's a here's something that people don't really want to admit advertising works right sure like i saw a lot of buzz not not a ton but a lot of people leading up to endgame Mm -hmm. saying like they don't need any trailers why do they even need to put any Mm -hmm. trailers out if they could just release this and it would be the biggest move and i'm like no Mm. no you're smarter than the average person the <laughs> average person doesn't even know this shit's coming oh then yeah you tell them 12 times on television in the middle of
0: their
1: favorite show <laughs>
0: yep well there, it's there, also <laughs> are people there are people three weeks into the run that are like is that out yet
1: yeah <laughs> well that's why uh fucking amc puts coke ads at the beginning of of like what three ads in the mm. beginning of the movie right yeah to remind people and you'll see people like get up and like, oh man i did yeah, want a coke
0: you want a coke yeah that, that looks yeah. delightfully crisp you know what i wish I, I know why they do it it's exactly what jeremy's talking about but i wish they would get rid of the fucking uh coke fizzy sound every time that mm-hmm. they pour a coke is like this
3: <laughs> and it's like
0: yeah that coke is not making that noise and it's but- like it's
2: surround sound like to hear that noise in real life you'd have to shrink down to army Man size and jump inside the glass
3: mm-hmm. and then yeah. you
2: might hear some little bit of <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> yeah everything's happening so fucking quickly it is because i don't six know episodes. why
2: i mean i guess i I think i figured it out mm. i just started with i don't know why and three seconds later said <laughs> I, figured it out. He clicked. I don't think the actors wanted to keep doing this and i think that whole like set an end date was as much about the actors saying i've given be. 10 years of my life to fucking iceland like i want to well, yeah, go but they're, they're getting paid though it has like, to, i'm sure it it they're has getting paid the actors
0: there's I, I was thinking about this today I was like, I, I, I the the main thread of thing thoughts that have been going through my head about this season is like, why six? Why this isn't a this isn't a show that was flailing about and HBO needed to get it done real quick. Right. This is the biggest show they've ever had, and to and it makes sense because we've seen so many other shows do this whole like split a season and a half and still give you more episodes than one season. Mm-hmm and all that so it makes sense to the consumer when it happens but like all these shows usually had a reason for doing it like lost couldn't go forever and and uh and breaking bad couldn't go forever uh game of thrones really honestly they could have jerked off for a whole season you give them another
2: season and a half and i think a lot of the issues we're having people who are having issues uh are resolved a lot of like, yeah, because uh, it's just they're they're giving
1: they're giving me the finger, man. Mm-hmm. I don't get it, man. I'm I, just saying. But, but think- I don't know if I don't get it because I'm coming into it as not a new viewer, but like, you know, with fresher eyes. But you
2: haven't been like adoring the early seasons as you've been like watching
1: through to catch up. I You're haven't kind of I haven't caught up. Oh, you've just been watching I just this dove season. right in. Yeah, oh, Jesus. I okay. mean, I, I have a general sense of what's going on. Though I watched the first three seasons and then came in.
2: I just think it's. Uh, it what's, what's bothering me most is that it's either fucking awesome or or I hate it this season <laughs> every beat is either something I'm like perfect or something I'm like man that was really the opposite of what it should have been
1: and that hasn't been the case in the last couple seasons right no I no. mean there
2: have been plot lines that are duller than others but every season has had something great mm. uh, and I think, I think they did that hard home and then they did that battle of the bastards and they forgot that what made the show great in the beginning was the talking between the characters Mm -hmm. and the acting and the hatred of each other. And they started to think that their thing was these big, huge
0: battles. That's how game of Thrones typically does it. Mm -hmm. This one, it's just like, well, time for him to go. (laughs) All I can say is I'm really
2: excited about that star Wars trilogy. These guys are going (laughs) to (laughs) do.
3: (laughs) yikes that
2: is some missionary positionary uh, (laughs) she's a good actress I think she is she's better than she gets credit for although she's a she's a little bit of a Keanu in that it's got to be the right role I think you think? I do you think? what has she been bad in? Uh, I really don't want to say. Really? Yeah. What? <laughs> Pulp Fiction? Kill Bill?
3: Hmm. Mm. She's, she's the she's, least
2: interesting part of that movie
1: to me. You're right. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I don't know. I'd but say I don't think she's she was bad. bad. Yeah.
2: But she's not. She's not bad like Keanu, I guess. But she's, she's not, not like much Ado about
1: nothing, Keanu.
2: You <laughs> if you cast her as president of the United States, do you think people would buy that casting?
1: Uh, maybe in a non-comedy. I mean, I th- I think I would. I okay. think she's got the chops. All right, I, would, I think uh, she's
2: I, veteran casting agent that I am. I would not cast her in that. Role. I think she's just a touch below like
1: Charlize in in range, but I think she's got range.
2: I think she's got more than we give her credit for, which is what I said to begin with, and I'll go back and stick to that, so I don't look like an asshole. You
1: know what she's really good in? Nymphomaniac.
2: Oh, <laughs> uh, what?
1: Yeah, you remember her part in Nymphomaniac no. when she comes in? She's the scorned lover. Uh, or the scorned wife.
2: This is the Shia LaBeouf Netflix thing.
1: Yes, because uh, Stacy Martin, or she's she's fucking her husband, mm-hmm. Uma Thurman's husband, and so Uma Thurman takes both of her kids to this woman's apartment and shows up, and she's like, <laughs> she brings her kids, and she's like, kids, do you want to sit on the whore bed? That's where the whore does her thing. <laughs> <laughs> you may want to cut that. <laughs> I'm just gonna quit for today. <laughs>
2: Have you seen this? If, no, but if you're... I mean, yes, when it first came out. If you're addicted to something, the the, the, the goal in treatment is to never, ever touch it again. Right? Right. right. Except for sex. Mm. You don't tell a sex addict, you should never have sex again, do you? I don't think so. I know I'm derailing, but I just had this pop into my mind just now. Because if, you, if you're a drug addict, you know, you... You're sober, mm-hmm. and the goal is to be sober forever. Mm-hmm. Never have drugs again. If you know an alcoholic who's saying to you after sobriety, I could just have one
1: drink, that's a warning sign, right?
2: Well, but the sex ad, is David Duchovny still allowed to have, have sex?
1: Yeah, but I don't. there's a certain moderation, right? Like with alcohol and drugs and gambling and stuff like that, it's shit that you don't need at all. With sex, or like overeating Okay, but stuff no, like that. No, this is good. Right? You're
2: saying sex is a basic human need, right. and therefore-
1: Okay. Like that, anger management or like overeaters stuff like that. I just feel
2: like I just feel like we we act like the only positive outcome to end addiction is complete and utter abstinence, but mm-hmm. it doesn't work for everything. No. What
1: about video game addiction? Nah. I mean that's something that you could live without, I think.
3: Okay. I we're, could. We're drawing a hard line here. <laughs> Sorry about that. Anyway, American <laughs> movie. Yeah. Um <laughs>